to the Beard and the Boys podcast. Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champs. Oh, yeah, guys. <laughs> Let me give a little shout-out to the band that you just heard. That's my boy, Cliff Mansfield, old friend of mine. Uh, that's his band. They're no longer together, unfortunately. Band names uh, Ultra Sucks, Mega Fucks. Give that a hand. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, real talk, though. Super Bowl 55, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, world motherfucking champs. Anybody who picked the Kansas City Chiefs can suck my ass. Period. We're the Bucks. Period. We're champs. Champa Bay, baby. What do you think about that, bro? Champa Bay, bitches. Omar, what do you think about it? Hey, man. He's we a, call, he's we all called fan. it. We all called it. You know, as a Cowboys fan, man, I can't, I can't hate on them. Can't That's hate crazy it. that we all did. Yeah, we, we nailed it. So, granted, none of us called the score. No. But just, you know. I miss this, but this is the Beard and the Boys, episode dos, episode two, guys. We fucking made it back for another one. Pretty exciting. So, uh, tonight, of course, a lot to cover. So much to cover. Especially with Super Bowl 55 victory by the Bucks, It's insanity. I can't believe it. Brady's the GOAT. Bro, I know you picked Jordan as the GOAT. You're wrong. You're wrong. Um, so, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you are. We'll get on to that later. But I respect that. I respect, yeah, even though I disagree. We'll get, we'll I get on to that later. Brady's the GOAT, okay? Brady's the GOAT. That defense, what a performance. I said it last week. Defense had to play a perfect game. They fucking did it. They took probably the most athletic quarterback that the NFL's ever seen and made him look very subpar in a lot of situations. Hold up, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He did make a lot of crazy athletic throws. Wait. A lot of crazy athletic throws where it made me like like pump the brakes because it was a little you're shaking scary. your head and you're you're saying no to that. You're saying <laughs> He's no. Not the most athletic quarterback of all time. And name no. somebody else. Name somebody else who's more athletic. You talking about weight. most athletic as yes. far as far as running the ball? Uh, uh, athletically gifted to a certain extent. Yeah, I know you're about to say Michael Vick, right, or Steve Young, or some shit like that. Michael Vick was very athletically gifted. My, Michael Vick changed the game for sure. He was the first super mobile running quarterback <laughs> that. He was the first. He was the first running back that played quarterback. But he was oh. not Patrick Mahomes. He was not Patrick there's Mahomes. No Patrick, other Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes right? laying okay. on the ground, throwing the ball. Dude, he's six inches above the feet. ground, and he throws the ball, and everybody freezes. We freak out, and like all of a sudden, he has, you know, it's hitting him in the face mask, hitting a player in the face mask. And you're like, what the fuck? Did you not I, hear Chris Godwin? I'm not a Bucks fan. He said. He's a magician. He is a fucking well, magician. I'm not saying he's not. The but dude's he's not the, the most athletically gifted ever. You call him. The, he ran for almost 500 yards away from the Tampa Bay defense. Well, backwards <laughs> don't count. Kid. Hold backwards on, hold don't on. count. Hold on, hold on. Prince of Production, you have a drug test in here? Because my brother obviously <laughs> needs one right now. What have you been Listen. drinking? Jimmy needs a drug test because, dude, for you to think that he's not the most athletically gifted and most gifted quarterback to ever grace the NFL. At this, just at what he's done in three years is, or four years is really just, it's unbelievable. The arm angles he throws at, the way that he escapes, and you're like, most quarterbacks, even Michael Vick. Okay, I, can, I can name, I can name uh, a couple quarterbacks more athletically gifted in their arm. Aaron Rodgers. But him and Aaron Rodgers all, are a lot to, of the same. They both throw it, they both throw weird angles. All They're together, both slingers. All together, okay. But as far as the arm, no, he's not. What? Aaron Rodgers got more arm than he's got. See, 
I have an opinion. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's a very unpopular it's opinion. You know, guys, it's guys, I got to interject. I got to interject here because you're bringing up something that I heard today, and it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. A Go take. An actual sports guy said this. He said, Patrick Mahomes had the best incompletions I've ever seen from a quarterback ever in the NFL. And I'm like, are we really judging a quarterback based off of his incompletions? Did like, you watch Super Bowl? But I felt is. I went to bed at, after we scored the second one because I knew I was gonna like do research and be talking about it for a week, so I, I needed some sleep. But having said that, I did see a lot of the throws that they're talking about, and and but it's so weird to hear somebody say. The most, the best incompletions of a quarterback ever, like it, a real stat. So yeah, I got gotcha. you. Hashtag. Let's be honest. <laughs> Did you see him throw a ball laying down the ground? No, I didn't. He was six inches above the ground. No, the reason they're the most m- unbelievable incomplete passes ever because they're hitting motherfuckers in the face mask. <laughs> they're hitting they're going, people in the face. They're mask. going over defenders. And if. The, and, and it, the reason it's so unbelievable is because his receivers didn't even think he was going to make the throw. That's why they didn't catch him. Because if they knew he was going to make that throw, they were hitting him in such positions they should have scored touchdowns on two of them. It was, as a Bucks fan, and we're Super Bowl 55 champs, nobody's to take away from us. And any of you guys, anybody, any of my listeners out there that say, oh, the refs gave you that Super Bowl, shut the fuck up. You did, they didn't give a shit. All right? Yes, they gave us one drive, a couple of calls, Gave us one drive we scored with that we scored a touchdown on. Okay, I'll give you that. There was some bad calls on one drive. That pass interference on Mike Evans was kind of bullshit. The dude failed in Mike Evans' trip. But the, the defensive on that, hold on the but on that on that we won by more than a touchdown. So that doesn't fucking matter. We held the the NFL's number one offense, most prolific offense seen in a long time. To how many touchdowns, Omar? Oh, that'd be a zero. Uh, zero fucking touchdowns. Zero touchdowns. But, but Jimmy, I'm, can I'm, you agree with that? Zero touchdowns? Zero touchdowns. Zero fucking touchdowns. But I'm, I'm Should have been zero fans. touchdowns? No. Because there, there was a couple throws that should have been caught, hit people, like you three. said, in the face mask, and they dropped them. But on, on that passing friends to Mike Evans, recall, in normal speed, you we all saw the same thing. We thought he clipped his foot. His foot. But once it slowed down, as a referee, you're looking at natural speed. You don't see that. You don't see the slow motion. Speed. Whatever happened? Wasn't there a rule after the New Orleans game years ago? Wasn't there a rule change where we were supposed to be able to challenge or they remove that pass the interference? Season. They removed that. Oh, they stopped season. it. Wow. Unfortunate for the Chiefs. Sorry about that. Well, look, look. Even if they would have had that, every cha- most of the challenges that were challenged on the pass interference was never overturned anyway. So they was just wasting game time to do that. I'm That's why they stopped yeah, it last year. Not one over. Not one call was overturned. Nope, not one. Good point. But let's just focus on the most important. Well, what I guys. think about that whole defense, that pass interference call, he was beat. He knew it, so he dove and he tripped Mike I, Evans. And I can totally see that. I can totally see that where he did us. I can see where he definitely probably laid out and tried to do a swipe of the feet, but he missed. He did not swipe the feet. Did you watch? The Maybe same the play wind I tripped did? him up, but he didn't swipe the feet. But Omar. Answer me quick. Why was why did the defender fall down? Did he trip over? Oh, he something? definitely no. dove for the feet. He jumped. He definitely dove for the feet. He didn't tell trip. me what he tripped. The defender didn't trip. Well, if you watched earlier in the slow motion, they actually tripped earlier. They actually collided both feet earlier in the play. When he actually dropped, we all saw the same thing. We thought he swiped because I saw I saw the same thing. I watched it at your house, Clayton. Right, right. And we said, oh, he he caught the heel. 
And then when it slowed it down, two yards earlier, they both collided with feet. When he dropped, he completely missed that foot completely. But again, like I said, in 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 slow motion, you see it. In normal, you can't. Yeah, yeah definitely look like be, a pass interference. It's gonna look like a pass. We all called it until they put it in slow motion. Me and Omar both jumped up and were like pass interference. That was pass interference. He definitely tripped him up. And I'm a ref. I would have called the pass interference all day. You need to quit because. saying that. Quit saying what? He's a ref. I know, right? <laughs> You're not a ref anymore, that's Omar. Gonna make, that's going to make people like You're not a ref like anymore, you, Omar. You're, a, you're one of the boys, okay? I got Beard you. and the boys. I got you, but I, I got I to take up nah, for my nah. zebras. I got to take up for my zebras. I got to take up for them. All right, so regardless. It was the right call. It was the right call. Definitely the right call. And regardless of what the call was, you know what the outcome was? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champs. And nobody can fucking take that away say, from us. Say it again. Who? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champs. I'm so tired of people saying, oh, Tom Brady won that. No, they The didn't. defense no. won that championship. That was a spectacular. Last week I said clearly, if we want to compete and we want to win Super Bowl 55, it has to be a perfect defensive performance. Jimmy said we have to have at least two takeaways from Patrick Mahomes. Omar said, if we want to get pressure, we have to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes and he has to get the ball out quick or it's going to be a long game for KC. Guess what happened? We got pressure on Patrick Mahomes. He couldn't get rid of the football. We got we got two takeaways, day. and it was a perfect defensive performance. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are your Super Bowl 55 champs, and they ain't shit nobody can do about it. And the true MVP is Todd Bowles. Yes. Dead and ass. Dead so I want to go on that. that. Um, shout out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and them having the most diverse coaching staff in the NFL. Absolutely. Okay. That is something that I want to go off. For me, I think Todd Bowles is the MVP. And I am going to say something. I want y'all to go off of what I'm going to say as a producer. I do not think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the Super Bowl champs if we did not have KC on our schedule this year and get shellacked by them. And, and this is something I blame a lot of coaches for. I see so many coaches. I can only relate it to soccer. If I play a team one time and, they, and you beat me 8 nothing. The second time we play, I'm only going to lose 4 nothing. I can promise you that. You're not going to beat me 8 nothing again. The third time we play, I'm gonna, we're going to figure out another way to get you. And I'm not going to lose 4 nothing. Maybe 3-1 to one or something. But I'm going to get closer each time. I see a lot of coaches across all sports not make adjustments. I don't know if we win the Super Bowl if we didn't play KC going that. So I, I'll tell you, I'm a Cowboys fan. Die hard all day. I bleed silver and blue. I'm going to let y'all know right now. I'm sorry. Right? He's does, been bleeding a lot here lately. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Can, 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 can I pump the brakes real quick? No, no. Hold on. Hold, right, on, go ahead. hold on. It doesn't matter how much I want to say I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. Okay. America's team, baby. Right? Debatable. But I had to play Andy Reid many years in the NFC East. The one thing about Andy Reid was he never adjusted to a team that beat him. Never. If you notice the se- in the second half of that Bucks uh, chiefs game in the, during the season, what happened? Explosive offense in the first half. The Bucks buckled down the second half, came back, lost by three. By three points. Three points, right? If you watch the entire Super Bowl, the Chiefs played the exact same game plan they did against the Bucks the first week they played them. Never changed. But what did happen? Todd Bowles saw, huh, second half of that first of that game, we made some changes. They couldn't move the ball on us. Let's continue that. Todd Bowles made a change on defense. 
Andy Reid continued with his normal ways. And guess what? When he was a Philadelphia Eagle, they lost in the Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb and T.O. Guess what happened with KC? They lost in the Super Bowl. Also, the exact same thing happened when he was with the Eagles and the Bucks played him in the 2002 NFC Championship game oh, to get to true. Super Bowl 37. There was no adjustments made by that defense, and that defense was supposed to shut down the offense. It was supposed to be the Eagles' defense is unbelievable, and we, they were a thorn on our side for so many years before Super Bowl 37. I mean, many Every times year, that yeah. the Eagles just ended our season in the playoffs. You know what I mean? It and always it, ended in, in the vet. And we yeah. continued playing our game, that Tampa 2 game, and then when John Gruden came in, he added a little bit of spice to the offense, a little bit of something okay. in the offense, and it changed it. And, and Andy Reid, even that time, he didn't adjust. So, yes, you're exactly right. Andy Reid did not adjust. But I really think there should definitely be a change in how we award the MVP because, look, as much as I love Devin White, I love Levante David, I love Jason Pierre-Paul, I love Shaq Barrett, I love Vita Vey, I love Adama Kasu, you know, and, I, I mean, I love all of our defensive players. Todd Bowles should have been given that MVP trophy. Agreed. Not Tom Brady. It was the greatest defensive performance of the year. But wasn't was, it very much like the new you know, we said this in our group text, which I'm privileged as hell to be part of because you guys are a trip. But that that looked a lot like a New England Patriots team. It we, defense was dominant. They made adjustment. They had a game plan to stop KC, one of the most prolific offenses this year. Right? And then Tom Brady went out and did what Tom Brady does in a Super Bowl and score coach. points. So, yes, like Todd Bowles is is the man, but there's so like it's so important to recognize him because there's so many coaches. We're talking about Andy Reid, who is a legendary coach that doesn't make adjustments. But the question is, if we didn't play KC and you guys have football knowledge, your football coaches, you know, you have a lot more knowledge about the game than me. For me, looking at tape of a team that I'm going to play in soccer, I'm not going to get the same if I'm looking at the tape against my team and seeing what my team does strong against you and, and weak against you and making those adjustments. So, yes, Todd Bowles, to me, MVP. Like, to, to make those adjustments and to come out that dominant, I went to bed after we scored the fourth, the second touchdown. But what, but right before that, we were blitzing two corner, two corner blitzes. Like, I don't know when the last time I've seen that. Yeah, there was a lot, so there was a lot, it of, was a lot of stuff co- going on that was like, and then I just wonder now, like, how good is Patrick Mahomes going to be moving forward? Is that turf toe going to hamper him? That's the real question. Well, a lot yeah. of people, a lot of surgeries. I mean, he's going. He had surgery on it today, but even Dion had surgery on it, and he never recovered. It ended his career. Yeah, you know twice. He ended twice. his career. But even on top of the Todd Bowles thing, let's give a hand to Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich. And Tom Brady for a perfect offensive game plan. Here's a stat. Let me hit you. I heard it today. Tom Brady, when he throws for less than 267 yards in a, in a Super Bowl, is 4-0. When he throws for more than 267 yards, he's 3-3. Three and three. Wow. So, guess what? He threw for 201 yards in Super Bowl 55. 201? 201 yards. Wow. Well, that's because our defense gave him short but fields what, most but of what the I'm time. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, they kept it – I hate to say it, keep it simple, stupid, but they kept it simple. Handed the ball off. Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones had 
Monster Games. We had a text feed, me and you, Jimmy. We were going back and forth. You're talking about some, why are they not featuring Ronald Jones? And then right after that, Leonard Fournette runs for a touchdown. It's like it's like they pick the running backs at the right time to fit the right thing. Yes, we always want to see Ronald Jones. Rojo's our guy. You know what I mean? He's been there for so long, feeding the rock, but he's also not the power back. I think you can agree, and Omar's going to say, take the points. But on that run, Ronald Jones should not have been in on that play. It that should, should have been Vita Vea or take the points. Or if you're going to run the ball with a back, with an actual back, it should have been Leonard Fournette. You run that power back in. All right, I heard the mic'd up conversation, and then, and even all the players were like, listen, hey, man, it's the last game of the year. we got to go Dude, for it. we got to go for our, it. The way our defense was playing, you got to go for that. you got to. Our defense was – Playing out out of their mind, even then, you got to go for that. No, yeah, you no doubt go for about that. You you pin Patrick Mahomes back on the half yard line, and you hope that your offense or your defense is going to come through and save the day. No one knew that he was going to drive down to kick a field goal. Even if you like, even if you don't get it, a damn near score a touchdown, but drop pass. They're on the one yard line. Well, they got one first down. I'll wait. I think didn't they drive down a score, a kick a field goal on that drive? Did they? No, yeah, there was a bunch of passes to Travis Kelsey down down this middle. Right, he kept getting into open coverage. That, that's the Travis Kelsey that he dropped the third down. But he dropped the third down. Oh, did he drop the third down? Okay, yeah. so, so maybe he did punt on that. I was too hyped. I was doing the Gronk smash and all kinds of shit. <laughs> I was too hyped. So here here's the thing. Why I say take the points, right? And again, I'm not I'm not mad at what they did. I think that was also the right call. But me personally, that's early in the game. Right? If it's late in the game, it's a different story. So early in the game, you can take the you can take the chance of going going for it or taking the points. But you only had a couple possessions that KC had at the time. So they could be still feeling themselves out. So if you don't take those points, you don't get it. They take that ball ninety nine and a half yards, ninety eight and a half yards, that changes momentum completely. That's ten seven compared to ten ten. Right? I'm t- uh, and again, they won thirty-one and nine, so that's a moot point. So it doesn't matter whether or not they went for it or not. It's thirty-one and nine, but that can be completely changed in that game, no matter what. If that if that happens, you see what I'm saying? So I get it. I get the concept of go for it on fourth down. You're inside the one one and a half yard line. I understand it. I would have jumped if I'm Ronald Jones. I would not have tried to jump straight through because if he jumps, he's in. Because that guy went waist down. So if he jumps, he puts the ball over top, that's a touchdown. He tried to go in power back instead of giving that to Leonard Fournette or maybe doing a little tight end screen with making sure Vita's available as a as a tight end there. Vita was on the right side where he ran. I, he I did that. come in to be a lead blocker. I, I, I get that. But what I didn't like about that is they should have lined Vita Bay up in the I formation, lining him up as a fullback. Don't split him up to the side. Dude, let him get a full head of steam and lower shoulder. Yeah, he was lined up. He's, he was lined up as a tight end on the right side. That's my point. If you're going to put bring Vita Vey in, you go Warren Sapp. Yeah. Remember when they used to put Warren Sapp yeah. in the eye formation as a fullback, yeah. and they put Mike Allstott behind him and hand fucking Mike Allstott the ball, dude, and you go for the house or you play action fake to Mike Allstott, and then Mike then Warren Sapp's in the back doing his little freaky dance in the back of the end zone. That was the boy. That was the Beyonce dance, bro. So. <laughs> but that's what that's what I'm saying. That's why I say take if you're not going to run something like that and you're just trying to run up the, up the middle with Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is not a bad back, great back for you guys. Can't can't. I'm not gonna take that away from him. But he is not the back in that specific uh, play. 
It's Leonard Fournette or Vita or giving him the ball. Or give it, yeah, get a big O lineman or D lineman better. Well, look, fucking line Sue. The whole thing is shit that they were trying to reward Ronald right. with that touchdown because he pretty much ran yeah. the ball down the field that whole drive. They was trying to reward him for that touchdown. Oh, yeah, he had a bigger run. Yeah. For about 20 but yards. Going back to what Omar said, you get you take the points. But the whole thing about Kansas City is you're not going to beat them with field goals. That was the whole mindset all year. That prolific offense, you're not going to win that game with three points. No way. That's what everybody's always said. That's why you go for it there. No, I, and, and again, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I get the going for it. I understand it completely. I'm not saying that was the wrong call, right? In my opinion, I went for the points because your defense is doing so well early. It wasn't like they were getting chunk yards and chunk yards and chunk yards. Your defense was winning at the line of scrimmage from the from play one. They were winning at the line of scrimmage. So why take the chance of giving them any type of ability to, look, we stopped them on the one-yard line. We take this down the field, flip field position, and all of a sudden, guess what? We got momentum, not the Bucks. But they score the touchdown. And now you're pretty much you're you're about to put your foot on their throat. You score there. Now the, the game's blowed wide open. If that's a touchdown, their confidence is shot. Hold on, let's talk about the other really big fuck up. What was Kansas City thinking calling all them timeouts with time click off the clock <laughs> and giving Tampa time to go down and score the <laughs> touchdown to go up twenty one what was the score? Twenty one to six at that did, time? Did we not think it was Tampa taking those yeah. touchdowns? I was like, I was like oh Tampa called a timeout. I did. And then I was like yeah. I was like the fuck is Kansas City doing? Why are they calling a timeout? Once again, Andy Reid, brain fart. You fucked up. You don't look. You let that clock keep running when it's not like you have Nick Foles standing across from you, or you have Mitchell Trubisky, or you have Chad Henney, Chad Henney, or you have fucking Uncle Rico from Jacksonville. It's you don't have that lined up across from you. You know what I'm saying? You have fucking Tom Brady, the goat, bro, six-time Super Bowl champ. Wait, wait. Line up three times, seven now, seven Super Bowls now. But at the time when he made that dumb, ridiculous, bonehead fucking call, it was six-time Super Bowl champ, three-time uh, Super Bowl MVP nope. sitting across the field. That's always been a knock on Andy Reid, though. He chokes in big moments. That's yep. always been his thing. Hey, oh, he, he, he don't be careful. He's going to choke on a fucking cheeseburger. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> well, he didn't get no cheeseburgers this last weekend, bro. No, his stomach's... Well, I don't know about his stomach no Hey, boy, you hey. know you fucking lying. He, he said he didn't get no fucking cheeseburger. <laughs> he had a few fried pickles, some cheeseburgers. Man, he, hey, he got that $22 cheeseburger from the Super Bowl. I guarantee you that. Hey, look, they fr- they, they flied in some uh, Philly cheesesteaks for that man. Philly so, cheesesteaks. I'm That's loving this. That's a big plane, bro. Because I got guys that are so passionate about the Bucks. Here's a question. First first touchdown was Gronk, right? Correct. Second touchdown. Gronk. Gronk. Third touchdown. Leonard Fournette. Fourth touchdown. Antonio Brown. Non-Bucks from 2020 and earlier. So how much of this credit, one, this is a two-part question. How much of this, this credit, one, goes to Jason Light, and then two, how much of this was Brady really trying to focus on the people – that he brought with him. Brady, He's just trying to win. Hold, hold on, I don't. I don't think Brady really focused on anybody. That you don't think? With. You no, don't think Brady on, uh, wanted to get Antonio Brown a touchdown? No, in he that definitely wanted to get Antonio Brown a touchdown. Gronk. But but you got to think the drive where the two bad calls were. They were both holdings on Mike Evans, where he targeted where one he was hoping to target Mike Evans. It was a tip pass, and it was an interception by uh, Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew. Matthew, and then the other one was the. Was the phantom? Or I mean, it, in real speed, it looked like pass interference. But once you watch it in slow mo, it wasn't pass interference on Mike Evans. 
And if anyone wants to go watch Inside the NFL, you go to the Mike Dub. He te- Mike Evans clearly says on the Mike Dub, dude, I'm going to keep getting these penalties. He's like, all day. He goes, if they want to throw them, I'm going to keep getting them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he did target. He targeted Chris Godwin. He, I mean, he tar- I mean, Cameron Bray called a uh, pass and, and made a decent run. So there were Buccaneers players targeted, but I think that was just open open times. And I think maybe he did want to give Antonio Brown a little bit of love because, look, no. Well, that play they ran for Antonio Brown, that was legit. They, were, they was going there, and that yeah. was. Yeah, that whip route, dude, was yeah. nasty. He made Tyron Matthew look like a fucking fool. Yeah. He, he made him look very subpar with that whip route. So then, how much? The honey otter. The honey otter. The honey bitch. I mean, like, I mean the honey. I, I, I mean, hey, <laughs> hey, you know he's a honey badger. What? So how much yeah. of it goes to Jason Light? A lot goes to Jason Light. Okay. You sold the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to Tom Brady. Tom Brady could have picked any team in the NFL. Well, we did. Satan had a contract. Look, Tom what? Brady. Could have went to any team in the NFL. I don't give a fuck who your quarterback was. You know why he came to Tampa? Because he wanted to throw the ball deep. He wanted to play in a fun offense. And he wanted to have control over who could no, come to that team. No, no, no. Tom Brady he wanted was. to have a boat parade. There you go. <laughs> and during a pandemic. And let's not forget the, the biggest sale on the state of Florida is no state tax. Yeah. There's no state tax. So you're talking about hundreds. I don't need money, bro. Hey, but no, but I'm telling you, but that's a lot of sell on a lot of players. It's hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars for every. I mean, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars in your pocket every year for no state tax. And who you wouldn't want to live in Jeter's house? Yeah, you get a $30 million contract and go to California. It's Come not on. the same $30 million contract as it is in Tampa Bay, Florida. I don't give a shit what you t- I mean, it, it, I know they don't need the money, but it's, it's, nice it's fucking have. money. It's money. It does matter. That's just, hey, that's Giselle's purse, all right? Giselle wants her new purse. You know hey. she she can order from Amazon. I'm like, pretty you know. sure Giselle. Makes- I know she got money, but look, she wants Tom, she wants Tommy Boy to pay for her. You I'm know pretty she- sure Giselle makes a little bit more. Money. Uh, yeah, she makes. It don't matter time. what she makes. Look, she's still pushing out them babies, and Tommy gonna have to Tommy Boy gonna have to pay for something. You know what I mean? Oh, I get you, but she I'm pretty, for all of it. I'm pretty sure she got like, all that money because she's spending Tommy Boy's money. Don't worry, I'll use my account today. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Jason Light has Jason Light has made a lot of. You're a long time Bucks fan, and I, I lost interest in him. But Jason Light has made a lot of mistakes as the GM. Dumb mistakes. Dumb. The, uh, dumb mistakes. Kicker I mean, mistakes. Like, yeah. so. Let's not talk. Them. Hold on. Let's talk he about made that. Two of them. Florida State's Roberto Aguayo. They didn't draft him in the first round. Second round. Second, second round, but damn it still came from your shitty-ass school. Yeah. Um, hey, so you're dumb as hell to get. So I mean, let's we, be honest. I didn't draft him. Yeah. Well, he drafted, he, he, he drafted Seamus Winston, too, bro. Hold on. And, 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 just, Graves. and yeah. I recall last week, somebody said, I like Jameis Winston. He was a, he was a Bucks. He, hey, look, he, no, look, I did, right. I did like Jameis Winston to the fact of the, the point is, Dude, his enthusiasm for the football dude. team was unmatchable and unmeasurable. I lost all respect for that dude when he started eating W's. Listen, <laughs> I know because you know what was the bad part was he forgot to eat the L's. So, but but the point is his love for I mean even you as a Bucks fan, you as a Cowboys fan, Jason has just now coming back to the Bucks because he said he lost interest. You know it's. Jameis' love for the books and the love for the game and his enthusiasm to the team was real. Yeah. There's no there's no question in that. Dude, he met his ceiling, and I think he his developmental progressions definitely slowed down, and he needed to – not only did we need to make that change as Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the franchise needed to move on from him, 
He needed to move on, and I think landing in in New Orleans, it's going to be a great thing for him. He's not going to be there next year, bro. Yeah, he will. They're, he might be gonna, the backup. They're going to resign. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter if he's the backup. What I'm saying is, for his career, leaving Tampa was the best thing for him. You think Breeze is coming back? No. No, Breeze is done. Breeze, Cole, just, Breeze yeah. just took, he just took a pay cut to literally the, basically the league minimum, literally so New Orleans wouldn't have such a cap hit for him this year. In my opinion, that tells me that he's getting ready to retire. He's trying to help New Orleans out so they, they can go after either some a quarterback or some additional players okay. to help out That's, okay. because of that. Because no quarterback in their right mind would literally take what well, he's making, $20-plus million a year, down to hundreds of thousands of dollars in a year. Unless you're at the end of your career and you're trying to prove a point and – you just get doused by the Bucks in the playoffs, and they're Super Bowl You could throw a fifteen-yard pass. I done said it. He can only throw fifteen, twenty yeah. yards max. So why would you really come back? Let's be honest. Hashtag let's be honest. Hashtag let's be honest. No doubt. Hashtag. As much back. as I want to give Jason Light some credit here, I just want Bucks fans to understand. He did. Numero uno, what we were talking about with Brady and Belichick. We can't get so hyped up with Jason Light here because was he really the GM here? Like, these guys came to play with Brady. They so did. I feel like I could have been the GM right now at the Bucks. But they did, they, they get Brady to come here. No, I mean, I get that, but he didn't have a lot to, like, everything you guys mentioned was already there. He didn't have to sell that to come to Tampa Bay. What Was it him? Now, I give him credit for signing. It, it, was, it was a combination of both. It was the weapons that are here. It was Bruce Arians' offense. No risk it, no biscuit offense. Tom wanted to sling the ball down the field. He could never do that in New England. No, because their route, because their offense was ran by one deep route, one deep route, and three underneath routes. And he had, That's how their offense ran. Yeah. Everything was a check down. And he and, had everybody else's scrubs from other teams playing wide receiver over there. But we still have to give. All right, let's give. Let's give Ba Bruce Arians and Jason Light a little bit of credit. They brought Tom Brady in. They brought Tim Brady in. Yes, they signed Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was a released player. He didn't come here to play with Tom Brady. He came here because he had no fucking where else to go. Well, he was released from the Jacksonville Jaguars. No other team showed him interest. They were going to let him rot on the shelf. And that's where we give Jason Le- Jason, Jason Le- the, GM, the, the GM credit because he saw, look, this is a guy who in his first couple years was running over the league. And all of a sudden, Jackson won because he got some issues. By the way, injury problems. He got some issues. But he's always need, had injury problems. But you, you need you need a you need a coach that can hone that in. And yeah. Bruce Arians, to me in, a, in the opinion, can bring somebody into look. This is what we want you to do. And you can't tell me you got Brady, who we all saw him during the playoffs, will get in get in his players' ass right away. Did anybody hear it on the live broadcast when he was yelling at the coaches? I'm gonna protect the lead, Jill. No, no, he's. They literally called it on the live broadcast, and I'm like. They were trying to change the play. They were trying to change the play, and he's yelling them, no, no, no. Run it again. Same thing, run it again. He's not protecting the lead. So, yes, a lot of people came and played with Brady. And, yes, Jason Lats made a lot of bonehead mistakes. But defense wins championships. Defense won the championship. Jason Light was responsible for drafting or for signing Jason Pierre-Paul. He was he's responsible for signing Sue. He's responsible for drafting Vita Vey, Shaq Barrett. Levante David. He's no, also, he's not. no, he for keeping him on, for keeping yeah. him on, Levante David. Devin White. He's responsible for the defense who 
shut one of the most prolific offenses in NFL history down. And hiring the coaching staff that they have in place. So yes. I agree with and all that. And once again, the most diverse coaching staff. The, we had more hire. minorities and more went. We had, what, multiple women on our coaching staff? And the two women on the coaching staff. Uh, three African-American coaches. Three African-American. The coordinators. Be, the best. Coordinators. Yeah, three African-American coordinators. The best hire he had was Todd Bowles. Yeah. Hands down. How Todd Bowles didn't. I'm so look. I'm so glad. Thank you, Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense, for kind of playing a little shitty earlier in the season. Because now Todd Bowles isn't getting hired by another team. Because but, and we get him for one more year. I was about yeah. to say he's gone next year, bro. He, After he next year, he's gone. But this yeah. year, we get him for one more year. We get to make one more run at the Super Bowl. But Todd Bowles is not a head coach material. Well, mm. because he, he floundered Todd Bowles New York is not a head coach. Dude, you're going to get you're somebody's going to snipe your ass. Out. No, 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 that's, no, that's important. And that's fine. I I, I trust me. I, I think he's a hell of a coach. I think he's a hell of a defensive-minded coach. Absolutely. But being a head coach requires you to overlook the offense, special teams, the defense. I right? agree with Omar on yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah, I can and agree now. To me, he can't overlook offense. He can't overlook special teams. Look at what happened in New York. Dude. He, he was a head coach in New York, and he was he was supposed to be for defense. The man was giving up some of the largest points from a, from the opposite, op, opposing offenses ever. And see, you would know this because you, as a Cowboys fan, you're NFC East, so you you've seen this firsthand. Look, I'm going to be very honest, right up front. I'm not very familiar with his Todd Bowles' previous coaching stint. All I'm all I'm familiar with is what he's done right here in Tampa. So I mean, I'm not going to sit here and play like I know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to that because I. When it comes to him, outside of what he's done right here in Tampa, I don't, I don't really understand. I mean, I know Bruce Arians when it's Arizona and stuff like that, but you know, outside of all that other stuff, I'm not. There, quite there's sure. a lot to that. Like, there's a lot of coaches that need to understand their role and what they're good at. And I agree with you. I'm thinking a college must champ comes to mind, like defensive coordinator. He is like if he was with Florida as a defensive coordinator forever, with Mullen, they'd they'd be at a different level. So I, I get that and I agree. The only thing I can't do on light is give him credit for the Fournette because even though he was let go from Jacksonville and nobody, you say nobody wants him, and I, I believe you on that, I've watched enough of you know, Fournette at LSU to be like, no, we're signing this guy, yeah, especially but, when you have a Ronald Jones. But even at the, as a book, as, when he came to the Bucks, he was – Nolan Void for the whole season until the playoffs. There's a reason they call him Playoff Lenny because he was Nolan Void and did not make any impact really. I mean, he did make some impact, but not really any impact during the regular season. It wasn't until the playoffs until you seen Leonard Fournette just explode. Was that by design though? You know what I mean? Like, you know, we're all coaches here. We're all coaches. It's like, you are you looking at it going, I got this this powerhouse guy, you know, Ronald Jones. He can carry my team, but I got this guy on the back getting in shape, getting ready, getting – and then at the end of the season, it's like, boom, we're going to feature you. Well, you got you, – you know, just like the Giants when they had lightning and thunder, right? Right. So, Ronald Jones is lightning. He's quick. He's shifty. He can get up and down the field for you all day long. Fournette, when he was in LSU, was a powerhouse. He ran between the tackles. Nasty stiff arm. And yeah. just clobbered people constantly. So if he if Ronald Jones has been your feature back and you run you're running a high power running offense or passing offense with Brady, with Evans, with Godwin, with Bray, with Gronkowski, there's no need to feature 
Fournette yeah. whatsoever. You wait until it's time to really put Fournette out there, which is what? Third, fourth quarters, and then third quarter, fourth. That's when you really want to pound the rock. And Fournette's that type of back. I, I got a good back in Ezekiel Elliott in his first few years that he can run all day long. What well, didn't have the breakaway speed, but third in the third or fourth quarter, what happened? He handed him the ball. He ran between the tackles. He tired that uh, that defensive line constantly, and that's a Fournette, and that's and Bruce Arians, Brady, and all them knew what they had in Fournette. So I think Fournette was more of a do or die thing. Once Ronald Jones got injured, and he was hampered with that injured and the injury, and they had to kind of take him out, and it was do or die for Leonard Fournette. It was like either you're going to be our back or we're fucked. We don't have a running game. Well, you got to step up regardless. I get I get you, but th- the process they had with having Ronald Jones and Fournette. You got to understand that, in my opinion, look, I got the quick burst here, strong, fast with Ronald Jones, or I got the guy who can bruise and knock. Fournette's not slow. It's not, I'm not saying that Fournette can't break off a 20-yard run for 70, 80 yards. But who are you gonna want? Who do you want to have? And as Bucks fans, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Who do you want running between the tackles or outside the tackles? Fournette in. I like I like Ronald Jones Ronald all the time, man. I don't, yeah. And there was a little I like song. Ronald Jones all the time. You guys laughed last week about McCoy, and I know he was injured and had some things, but like they had like like if <laughs> yeah, your backup you are, running back is Lashawn McCoy and Ronald like to Ronald Jones. Wait, wait, wait. But Shady McCoy's back, back, back. I understand. Shady like, McCoy's handing out water. He's basically the Bobby Boucher. He's got two Super Bowl rings and carried the ball like twice. Thank you. Thank you. So you have that name there, like Antonio Brown, like Gronk, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I give a lot of credit to the coaching staff on how they handled the situation. I think that maybe Fournette wanted some more carries and be featured. And they they played the, the soap opera of the NFL very well. In this situation, they juggled everything, and at the end, everybody was kind of equal. And then, boom, Fournette, Gronk, Brown like everybody that they brought in contributed to this championship. And it makes the coaching staff and the GMs look great. And, and it's got me interested again. I, I said to you, I wanted to get season tickets. Like, so it, it, it worked what they did. And as a Bucks fan, I'm it's, super proud. Hey, it's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Super Bowl 55 champs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How exciting is that? I, I, Bro, I, I never Jimmy, believed it. <laughs> how, how exciting is that? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let me say this for you one more time. I don't know if any of it even sinks into your head. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Super Bowl 55 champs. Do you understand what I'm saying? Super Bowl 55 champs. That's crazy. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's insanity. It's, I mean, it's it's nuts on exactly how all of that. You I mean it just played out? I mean, it's it's crazy. So, I mean, I mean, I'm just. I want to point out one thing for the listeners. We are in a, in the new studio. Last yes. last week, y'all heard us. We was in a temporary studio. We are in our first studio broadcasting this episode. It's hot as shit up here right now. Dude, we all look like we just ran a 5K, okay? So, <laughs> And I don't run 5Ks. I'm fat as fuck. I just want everybody <laughs> to understand. Like, we need to do it. Lynn, Lynn, can you take a picture of, like, the way I look so the, the fans, when they, when they post it, they understand that I'm telling the truth? 
but we'll get that fixed. But you guys are <laughs> yeah, we got our <laughs> putting in this work this, right now. This, this <laughs> produce this producer right now is literally sweating yeah. balls. And oh, I, I, I did in, right I did now. introduce somebody today. We got our intern Lynn here. He's kind of our NASCAR correspondent. We'll get with him here in a little bit. You want to go ahead and give you a hello and let everybody know. Uh, let everybody know that you're here or what. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's what we got. That's what you got. <laughs> that's all right, all right, you heard it here that's first, guys. Breaking news. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so, so, hey, guys, as, as crazy as it is, is <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How many times you said that? Hey, I, look, I'm still not going to understand. I'm still not going to believe it, but it's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, our Super Bowl 55 champs. It's fucking crazy. Dude, I just, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's, we and are the champs. And if you haven't seen it, go check out. Brady throwing the trophy. Oh, my God. God. I'm glad you brought that up. Listen, today today is Wednesday, all right? February 10th, 2021. Here in Tampa, because I know we got listeners that are outside of uh, Tampa and across the country. Romania. And and they're in Romania, Puerto Rico. We We appreciate y'all. We got listeners all in three different countries right now. So let me explain to you right now. We had our Super Bowl parade today for Super Bowl 55 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Champa Bay. So we're the Super Bowl 55 champs. So we had our parade today. And due to COVID, we don't have our traditional parade. But I guess it's kind of traditional in Tampa now to have the boat parade. The, the Tampa Bay Lightning did it when we won the Stanley Cup the past year. And it's kind of cool. You watch it, the boat parade's kind of neat. Only, I mean, really, outside only of Jack- Tampa. Or really here or Jacksonville is really the only places you could have that. Tom had a good time today. Uh, Tom oh, had a great yes, time today. So I want you to go. You, I want you to go on our Facebook page. I'm going to share it here shortly. Go on our Facebook page. Tom Brady is drunk as fuck. All right? Allegedly. My man is ripped. We're running We're running a network here. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly not drunk. Okay, so. Being helped to the. the uh, yeah, he was being yeah. carried, and somebody said, Tom, how's it going? So, you know what it was? It's because he hasn't had any sugar in a couple years. That's is that what it was? Man, maybe yeah. his insulin count was down. That's what it was. That, that Tom, that but that well. doesn't explain the fact that how he threw a deep pass with the Lombardi Trophy to fucking Mike Evans to another boat today. Great pass, by the way. Mike complete. Caught it. It complete. Mike complete. Caught it. complete. Yeah. For another touchdown. Guess what? That was, that was one more caught pass than Kansas City had in the Super well, Bowl. Man, it's a good thing he didn't throw it to Godwin. He might have dropped it. Oh. Fuck, Damn. bro. Man, I can always count on you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy bringing the heat on Celebration Wednesday. What kinda, a dick. Kind of brought probably, the, the booth there. You've probably seen the last of Chris Godwin in the book uniform. Yeah, he probably have. He's really? Go, no, uh, he's probably going to go sign a big contract. Hey, he deserves it, bro. He deserves big money. You don't money. think Tampa's going to resign? No, they can't afford it. Wait, 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 wait. All right, wait. my question is, is look, we're back in it again. We, we're about to leave the Bucks talk, and now we're not. So, throw something my thing me. is this. Do you sign Chris Godwin again, or do you re-sign Levante David? David. Levante David, he's the heart and you soul. You franchise one of them and you sign the other. You can't, there you go. You can't. Why? Why can't you franchise? Why can't you franchise one? You're not going to franchise him. I'm asking really because I don't. You're know. not going to be able to franchise him and Shaq Barrett. Okay, Shaq Barrett. Dude, I'm franchising Shaq Barrett before anybody. Wait a minute, but Brady already said he's willing to take a pay cut. Look to sign more. So why not go ahead and go ahead and sign Barrett? 
I'm fine with that. But are these players willing to take less to no. resign? Godwin, if, if Godwin's going to leave for money. Godwin's young, so I, I agree with you, Jimmy. Go, look, the NFL that. is a cutthroat league. They don't give a fuck about you. If you cannot see, even your Dallas Cowboys released their fucking hype video today that, oh, by the way, didn't have Dak Prescott in it, not even That's once. That's supposed to be their centerpiece of that That's team. supposed to be their centerpiece. But we also offered him five years, 30-plus million dollars a year with 100-plus guaranteed, and he chose to turn out for a four-year contract. I love me some Dak. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Dak, and I think we should re-sign that man to a four-year contract. Completely sign that man to a four-year contract. He's done it. He's done it. what he needs to do. A fourth-round pick. Did what he did in Dallas. But ain't no one person bigger than that team. I don't give a damn if it's Brady, hey, Russell Wilson, anybody. I think one guy disagrees with you. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. I agree with you. He Look. needs to step down as a GM, too. But let, hey, Jerry, if you're listening to this podcast, he's I'm, not. I'm available. Yeah, he's not. I'm, I'm available for the It'd GM position. It'd be nice position. if he was, though. That'd be I'm cool available shit. for the GM position. I promise you. I come at a real, real cheap rate. I promise. Hey, guess what? This is really going to ruffle some Cowboys feathers. Dak Prescott's overrated as fuck. Well, I agree with you. Dude, he's overrated as fuck. Hey, Cowboys fans, say that again. Should I hit it? Should he's I hit overrated. It? He's overrated. Dude, his deep ball is subpar. Well, look. Dude, I, mean, I have he, a Cowboys fan I work with, and he's going to His he's deep ball is very subpar and suspect. I'm, I'm, I'm he doesn't the, deserve $35 million. I'm probably one of the biggest Cowboys fans in the world. And, Clayton, you know this already. Yeah. You know this. I'm going to tell you right now, 2017, you kept Romo when he came back from back injury. I guarantee you, guarantee Dallas Cowboys in the, in the NFL in the, in the Super Bowl 2017 with Tony Romo. Tony Romo was probably one of the greatest draft picks ever. Undrafted free agent? You don't like Tony Romo? I'm just that was his take. That was on his take about oh. them making it to the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, nobody <laughs> believes that, but Omar. But anyway, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm gonna tell you right now. Y'all can make y'all can make fun of me all you want. Nah, I'm just playing y'all with can, Omar. Y'all can make fun of me all you want, all you want. But I'm gonna tell you right now. If you all say, people say, well, didn't they say Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? Right? The numbers say that. No, the numbers, numbers yeah. say that, right? But that's because you're bullshit. He's been playing for so long. That- I, I, I get you. I get you. But you cannot tell me that most of those games won while Tony Romo was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys were not won because of Tony Romo. Was he a great quarterback? Top 10 quarterback? That's debatable. It's hard to argue with you seeing his success as a broadcaster. Dude, dude, like super he knows he, he knows what that like. Dude, I've learned a lot IQ from Tony. Yeah. You're player. gonna tell me in 2017 you have Zeke Elliott, that offensive line that they had in 2017. Recall Zeke almost ran for 2,000 plus yards in that season. They have never had a running back that ran the way he ran ever. In Tony Romo's career, ever. In Tony Romo, okay. I can't argue with that. Ever. If you're going to tell me. Hashtag truth. If you're going to tell me that offensive line, that receiving core, and Tony Romo, who can throw the ball in front of receivers, hit him on the run, is not going to go beyond the first round of the playoffs. Because recall, we lost to the Giants that season. The third time we played the Giants in the playoffs. We beat them twice in the regular season and lost the third, the third, and the third time the installment into the Giants in the playoffs. Didn't they go on to win the Super Bowl that year? I believe they did. I think they beat the Patriots. Yeah. So would, would they, we, they would we have won? Perfect season that year, right? 
Uh, wasn't that the perfect season for the? Uh, yeah. No, yes. no, no. no that was you said 2017. That definitely was the perfect season because the perfect season is when I met my wife, and that wasn't the perfect season. That was like 2007 or something like that. The Giants. What? It's like 2007. The Giants won that in 2017. Yeah. 2007 was when the Giants won their first one with Eli. That's when mm-hmm. the helmet catch and all that shit. That was David Tyree catch. Yeah, and when then Plastic they, they won the other one. They won right the other one with uh, the leg. But, but I'm telling you. I'm, yeah, you're if, right. If, if you guys look. <laughs> Randy Moss has been out of the league forever, and he was on that team. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you guys pay attention to all the all Romo stats and all when he watched the games, his, he, he was doing what he could. Did he, did he make some questionable throws to, like, Darrell Reeves and the Jets? Why would you throw to one of the top cover corners in the league? I'm not Tony Romo, but that was dumb as shit. <laughs> but, or how he fumbled that field goal? That was a brand new ball. So, oh, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't forget to turn the laces. <laughs> that was a brand new ball. <laughs> laces out. That was, a, that was not a kick. He should have called Brady and got some air out of that ball. <laughs> Easier but, to handle. But again, if Romo's on that 2017 team, after he comes back, from, he comes back because remember he played against the Eagles for a few series, and he took that team down like he'd been playing all season long with that group, and they scored a touchdown on the only <laughs> drive he played in that entire game. If Romo's if Romo's in the playoffs instead of Dak Prescott, and again. I love Dak Prescott. I love his attitude. I love the way he leads well, the team. Well, it doesn't sound like it, Omar. It sounds You're like right. you fucking hate the dude. No, no. The issue is, the issue is, Tony Romo did not have the respect of his players. Where Dak Prescott is a leader. A true leader in a football locker room. A guy you can really rally behind. He truly can. Say what you want. Okay, I don't know the fucking dude, so. I mean, yeah, I don't know him either. <laughs> but he can That's really, why he can You're truly the only one talking about Cowboys because I don't know shit about him. He can truly rally a team behind him. Romo could Remember, Romo's BFF was who? Jason Witten. What did T.O. say? That's my quarterback. So. All right, well, moving on from but, that sad-ass hey, story that hey, won the Super Bowl <laughs> since the hashtag, 90s. Hashtag Buccaneers won Super Bowl. So we covered the Bucks, who are the Super Bowl champions, and we covered the Dallas Cowboys, who are America's team, and not with it. The football <laughs> version of the fucking 80 Chicago Cubs. Uh, <laughs> We're going to call it. Hey, hey, you know don't, they do used hey <laughs> don't do that because I know my history. Hey, you know how they used to call it? It's, it's, a, it's long Listen, history, bro. You, you did good representing for your team. I'll give you, know you credit. What? You did good. You know how they used to call us the Suckineers, yeah. and they used to call the Jaguars yeah. the Bagwires? They must be the Bag Boys over there. There you go. Hey, look, I had to hear for like two weeks from you from you three, all right? You know, is he over there on his memes? You think he's eating cereal, but he's really no, eating hell. There you go. Woo. I know we're about to switch gears off of, off of NFL, but I, I do want to get your take. You know, the Dolphins had a good year, and the Jaguars have a new coach. So do you guys see some positive things for Florida football here in the – in the future with the Jaguars, Dolphins, and the Bucks, I think the Jaguars got have a real a really big opportunity right now. They have a really big opportunity with two first, with two first round picks. I mean, the turmoil that's in Houston, who basically is the king of that division outside. Come on, man! There's a lot of a lot of people are going to say, "Well, Tennessee is the king." They got Ryan Tannehill, and uh, you know they got Derrick Henry. No, they got fucking Derrick Henry. Let yeah. Ryan Tannehill's not that fucking good. Ryan Tannehill is a career backup on any other football team with a decent quarterback. 
All right, he's the Trent Dilfer of fucking <laughs> why, football. Why are you fucking with Trent, bro? Bro, he didn't do shit for the Bucks. So why, why are you throwing why, your hands up like hey, something fucking Why are you fucking with the one two, the real one two from Tampa? What's up? He ain't the real one two. He was the first one. Worth uh, the shit. He had one time to get his ass out the door. That's about playing, it. He must be playing. Then they throwing his hands up at me for I'm about, I'm really fucking up. He won a Super Bowl. Are we talking about with the Ravens defense? Are we talking about the same Trent Dilford that that went to Baltimore? Yeah, the same one. I so, know. Okay. So is it safe to say as a show? Because I know we have some Dolphin fans that are listening that are fans. And I know we have some people in Jacksonville that are listening that are Jaguars fans. But we have some excitement in Florida. Oh, yeah. Florida as NFL is fans that are listening with our show here, the Beard and the Boys. Moving forward, I, I, I look for some good things I'm moving forward with all three of the Meyer, NFL bro. teams. Look, I'm, look I'm, the one thing that's proven on Urban Meyer is no, I know it's NFL. But let's take that. Let's take. Let's just. All we can do is judge him off of his college career. Okay. Yes, he gets a lot of illnesses and leaves teams quickly. Okay. Well, somebody needs to let him know Tim Tebow's not walking through that door. So what happens when that heart comes? Hold on, hold on. But you know who is going to walk through that door? Trevor Lawrence is going to walk through the door. Are you sure he's not going to fuck that up? He's not going to fuck it up. Sean Khan is the one that pays the fucking bills. He's not going to allow him to fuck that up. I hope not. So what I'm telling you is there's a lot of excitement in football. And if we're going to gauge Urban Meyer off of his career success, the one thing we do know is he's a fucking winner. But what's the the excitement in Miami? Tua won't be there. There, There's no excitement in Miami. If you're asking my personal opinion, the Miami Dolphins are the Miami Minnows. I don't know what the fuck they're they're doing. Okay. well, they had a good season. A decent it's season this year. Yeah. So, so there, there's you know we can be Bucks fans or whatever and like look at, but I mean, in my West, opinion, Wes is a little bit of a well, he's an Alabama fan, so he follows Tua, but they almost made the playoffs. Like they had a good, they, like they had a better record. They would have the made Bucks, the playoffs right? if they would have kept Fitz Magic in the fuck on the damn starting quarterback. Hey, hey let, and let, I don't blame them for switching gears because if you're looking at the future, you weren't going to make a run at the Super Bowl anyway. So, so, so the Dolphins ended the season on a ten and six record, second in their division on the AFC East. So yes, they had an amazing. But Fitzpatrick won a lot of the games when Tua came in, who was supposed to be the future of the franchise. It was very slow go on offense. It wasn't the Alabama esque Tua that we see, and I don't think, me personally, I don't think that he's ever going to be that guy. After that hip injury at Alabama, I think he's he's really timid to do that to take off, and he's, I mean, he's just, I just don't feel like maybe he can't flip his hips, maybe he can't flip his hips and plant his foot and and drive the ball down the field like he used to, and hopefully maybe this offseason with with some coaching, maybe COVID was a holdback for him. With not being able to connect with his coaches and his offensive coordinator, maybe it's a little different this year with him with some time with that offense. And I pray to God because I only want success for the kid because he's a young man. I want everybody to be successful in their career. But I, from my point of view, I just don't see it. I respect but, that. But let, let's look at Tua. Let's look at Tua's legacy from Alabama to Miami. Is he more of a college quarterback than an NFL quarterback? I don't know because I haven't seen him in NFL really. I saw games. In my opinion, I saw enough. In him in in Miami this season, where mm, he's quote unquote, I'm put some air quotes out there, everybody. He's hurt. Let's bring Fitz in. All of a sudden, the team picks up, and guess what? They win. 
I don't think that time. was hurt. I think that was. I, I don't think he was hurt. I think that's the team not fucking believing I, in him. I, I, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you on that on that aspect. But again, if the team can't get behind the player and play for that player, how the hell is Tua gonna be the franchise quarterback for that group? He's Maybe not. He can. I don't believe he so is. He, that's what I'm saying. To, to me, he, he's exactly what he is: a college quarterback that came at the right time. During Jalen's struggles at Alabama, he came in the second Ooh. half of that national title national title game. Guess what? They were down a little bit. They needed a spark. Tua gave them that spark. Mm. And all of a mm. sudden, Jalen goes to Oklahoma, is lighting the shit up. He wasn't doing that in Alabama, was he not? Hold on. And Jalen Hurts lit it up at the Eagles this year. That's the reason that right now on the open market, they are trading Carson Wentz. To the they Bears. put him out there and said, hey, Take he's fucking He's out. They going with him? They have, yeah, I mean he he put something in that offense that hadn't been there since car, before Carson went towards ACL. Yeah. I was always I can't stand Alabama, can't stand Nick Saban because they always win constantly, right? But I was a huge supporter of Jalen Hurts. I thought that man was he was what college football was about. He was going to be a, a hell of an NFL player. Was he going to be a great quarterback, top ten, top five in his career? No, he was not. But was he going to be able to rally a team together and do what he did in Philadelphia? And I hate the Eagles. <laughs> I hate them. They threw, they threw snowballs. Why do you hate the Eagles? They Omar? threw snowballs at Santa. Hey, tell us Who again. Who the hell Who threw snowballs hate? at Santa? Who do you hate again? <laughs> the Eagles. The Eagles. The E-A-G? Eagles. This, that's, interesting, that's interesting takes on, on Tua because, I mean, I can't argue with you, no. honestly. And And – he looked like a great quarterback when he came in, but did it Trent, you know, go over to the NFL it's, and the hip injury, if if we take the hip injury out of it and what I've seen transfers. But what I seen on, on film from Tua before the the you know, the injury, I guess say yeah, even though it was limited, I think he had the tools. The hip injury made me almost like the toe injury that we're talking about with Mahomes. It makes me question it. But it, it, I don't know. Can, can, to, we, uh, can we say that Alabama has a top five recru- recruiting class every year? Yes. Absolutely. Top five. So fucking top three? No, I'm Absolutely. Gonna say, I'm, I'm just going to no, say top five, right? Top five. This Which year is, alone. Well, this year alone. They're, they, this year alone, they have the, the highest rated, four stars and five stars the highest rated recruiting class in the history of right? college football. So we can say that Alabama recruits in the top five or better. Every year, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I'm just going to say, we can take a mediocre quarterback from Podunk, wherever, put him with five-star wide receivers, five-star defensive linemen, five-star defensive ends, five-star cornerbacks. That's the team. Could, they, could, they, not make, could they not make that, that quarterback look like he's a, the, the top-rated passer ever? How many, how many, everybody's how arguing many, how many Alabama Tim quarterbacks have been worth the shit in the NFL? Zero. Zero. And I think our, their best shot is going to be this year. It's probably going to be their best shot at having a decent quarterback come out. And I didn't think he was that good. Was it Mac Jones? Mac Jones. Mac Jones. I mean, I think Mac Jones transferring to transferring to the NFL. His talent level and uh, the way he the way he plays the game, where he's more he's not going to rush. He's more of stand there in the pocket. And, and and you know what? And it might not transfer to today's game per se because it's really more about movement in the pocket and moving around and all that. So it might not transfer, but I think of 
what we typically think of as an NFL quarterback, Mac Jones' ability and the way he plays the game and the way he stands in the pocket, flips his hips, fires the ball, and drives it downfield, he's that guy. But Mac Jones might actually do well well in the NFL because of the fact he's not considered a top five pick. He's so, going to be that system type quarterback. So he's not going to go to a team that truly needs a quarterback. He's going to go to, you know, let's say a Green Bay team or a Seattle team that is looking for the successors to their actual franchise quarterback to learn from a franchise quarterback. Would he would be great in a Dallas Cowboy type offense. Good offensive line, great running game. Get him some decent receivers. Dallas had he, a good offensive line. Actually, anymore. if you really want to put him in, a, in the spot, if anybody can pay opinion, the money to rebuild his Jerry Jones, if you really want to put him in a really, really good spot, in my opinion, I take him to Seattle. Seattle. Hey, speaking of Seattle, dude, and we're, um, this is just going to keep going. I went, Listen, and, the Bucks and, won the Super Bowl, hey, so we look, just can't skip past we the NFL can't skip talk. The rest of the team. So, but I'll tell you about Seattle, dude. On the. Um, on talk radio this past week, uh, Russell Wilson clearly came out and spoke out against his football team, saying, "Hey, I'm pretty sure some people are, you know, looking in to come and trade for me or whatever. I feel like I, I feel I'm tired of getting hit." He's like, "I'm tired of getting hit," and he goes, "I want to be brought in to have discussions on bringing in talent on this football team." Then on top of that, dude, I didn't realize this stat. If Russell Wilson stopped playing right now, he's been sacked more than any quarterback in NFL history. Wow. Crazy. Fucking nuts, dude. He's been sacked more. And as mobile as he is, he's still been sacked more than any quarterback in NFL history. And I think we can all agree that he's at least in the top ten of quarterbacks in NFL. They've never had a great offensive line. Even when they won Super Bowls, they did. No, that was top. That was top. Dude, dude, that's defense. Their defense won that Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. Even when they won the Super Bowl, they didn't have. They could have won two. Hashtag worst play call ever. And I was listening. I was listening. I believe it was Get Up this morning. Um, I think it was Dominique Foxworth that said it. I want to say he was talking about that. A lot of those sacks he stated were on Russell Wilson. Holds the ball a little too long. I mean, so. Could it could it be that the offense line was that bad, or he was waiting for that one particular opportunity? Because Russell Wilson loves to run around the pocket. He's he is what we call a true pocket passer when he needs to. So is he trying to make that pass instead of taking off like a Patrick Mahomes, right? Or taking off like or Deshaun Watson, who hey look, my first and second read isn't there. I'm gonna take five yards. I'm gonna take three yards. I'm gonna take two yards. Instead, he's waiting for that. Let me run around in circles for a few times. Again, I, I think Russell Wilson, and again, if he does get traded right now, I think I believe the line is the, the Raiders um, are number one to potentially lock him in if he does get traded, and the Cowboys too. You think I, they're going to trade him in the division? No, Raiders. The Ra- oh, Raiders, that's right. The Raiders, AFC. Las Vegas. Sorry. So that's right now the, that's, the, that's the, number, the number one, I think the number one group they were talking about in Vegas is the Raiders potentially at getting him. Then it's Cowboys followed by second. Am I going to say don't come to Dallas? I'm pretty sure Please on the text feed you said sell the farm on the text feed. Please come to yeah, Dallas. Yeah, you did. I got it right here. But, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now, it, is, it, is it the fact that he may hold the ball a little too long? Trying to get that extra ex- – because he, he got some good receivers in DK or, Metcalf. Or is it his limited height 
where he has to get outside to be able to see the but lanes down the field to throw the football. But he's by tall. You got six. You got yeah. six six receiver or six six lineman in front of you. You have to get outside. Drew, you got to get a clear line of sight sometimes. But he's about the same height as Drew Brees. Yeah. So you you can't tell me Drew that Brees was, is, that was the knock on Drew when he came out of college. He was and short. you can't tell me that he's not an accurate passer from the pocket or run, and he never ran around. Drew Brees. I mean, I'm just asking. Stayed in the pocket inside those hash inside the hash marks. So we're a little over an hour in. I'm about to give my seat up to Lynn so we, he can talk on what he's here for in turn, Lynn. But uh, I do want to ask y'all something because my son wants the Bucks to draft Trask. And at first, like, I'm not a – I don't think Trask is going to make it as an NFL quarterback. I'm just – I'll say that as a Gators fan. I've seen Danny Werfel, who I think Gator. is one of the best quarterbacks ever at Florida. He didn't make it. Tim Tebow, I, I don't think Trask either. But do they do they draft Trask to try to have Brady teach him? And then, Lynn, you can come over and take my spot. So, I think I think Trask can definitely his, – his skill set – his skill set definitely is – Transitional to the NFL football game. He's a big bodied, big bodied, big arm, big arm, makes proper reads, makes good decisions. But I do I think he's gonna make it to Tampa Bay Buccaneers? He's definitely not making Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think I think that's where he has I think that's where he lines up. What do you think, Lynn? I, I mean, I totally agree with you. We've talked about it before, but I mean I think with Pittsburgh having a higher draft pick and Big Ben being the way he is, I think he's going to go a little bit before. But he's definitely not, you know, top 15 draft pick. He's going to fall a little bit long later in the yeah. first round. He's I wouldn't go, be surprised if he don't go to the second round. He's going to go right. late late first round, early first late first round, early second Look, round. Look, if he Agreed. makes it to 32nd, if he makes it to 32nd, it's really all going to depend on who we re-sign right. as Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Do we make the right – do we are we able to re-sign these guys into a couple year contracts to rebuild this team? If we do, if we're able to get the guys we bet look, if there's a top tier wide receiver there and we lose Godwin and you got Kyle Trask, you move on, you don't draft Kyle Trask, you get that fucking receiver to replace Chris Godwin. But here but here's the thing. So in that I, I'm not a Florida Gator fan whatsoever. And <laughs> to be honest with you, and I've said it, Lynn, you've known I've said it. Clayton, you know if I've said it. Kyle Trask is probably the best quarterback coming out of Florida's for quite some time. Yeah. Right? For sure. He's, he's the best pro-ready quarterback in, in any system Florida's ever had from Spurrier to Mullen to Muschamp and all them guys, right? I agree. So, but he's not going to Tampa because Tom Brady's already stated he wants to play well beyond 45. So why would you draft Tom Brady's successor? Because there's no guarantee. If, if Trash was a top 10, top 15 pick, I can see it happen. Right, I can see Tampa going if he falls down to thirty second, you know, taking him. But he's not. Pittsburgh is a great, great, great pickup because they have they don't have anybody behind Big Ben, and Big Ben is well. This is well probably going to be Big Ben's last year, especially seeming his center Pouncey re- already have announced his retirement. He's done. That was the one guy that was keeping Big Ben there. So Big Ben's probably I see him. You know, he trusts the center. That's his. That's his guy. You know what I mean? That's the guy you lined behind every single snap. That's the guy you trust the most. He's sitting right there, you know, and now he's gone. So I think this is the last year. I think Ben's going to give him one more year to give him the opportunity to draft his successor. And I think that Trask is probably going to fall to Pittsburgh. But, but my biggest it's, fear is, again, it's just like USC. 
Ain't never been a decent quarterback coming out of, the, out of one of those two schools. Look, there's yeah. never a decent quarterback coming out of a school until you get a decent quarterback that comes out of a school. Well, I, I agree with you, but... All, I mean, it's just the, facts. But all the quarterbacks come out let's, of some, some right, Hashtag, let's be honest. There's never been a decent quarterback <laughs> come out of Florida State. I completely agree. Okay, I'm just saying. There was. There was. He went to the NBA as Charlie Ward. Ooh. Good point. He did, well, there's he a reason did why he went to the NBA. Because he ain't fucking stupid. He's like, I can make more money over here shooting three pointers. like... He was, he was, shots. He was, he he was, was as big as round as my finger, and it took one hit, it's over. Right. How, many, was, how many? But he was great, a Heisman, Heisman Trophy How many winner? great quarterbacks? Hey, come on, bro. Heisman hey. Trophy winner means absolutely nothing. So how many great quarterbacks quarterback came out of Miami? Miami? Come on, man. How many Miami Gino Toretto won a damn Heisman Trophy in Miami. Where's he at? But Charlie Ward went to the NBA. But how many? Look, hey, how many? shit in the NBA either. Hey, how many great quarterbacks that came out of Miami? There's been a few. Which one? Jim Kelly. Okay. Oh. Jim okay. Kelly. Boom. Thanks for hitting huh? me with that knowledge. My bad. I'm out. Where's my bad? I'm back to fuck up. Playing for the Bills, boy. I love losing the Super Bowl. Who Who's Jim Kelly? I don't want to break your microphone. I'm going to throw it at him. Who's Jim Kelly? Didn't somebody lose like 12 Super Bowls in a row? Somebody it don't matter about <laughs> Super Bowls. He's not a great quarterback. He's still a fucking great quarterback. Hall of Famer, bro. Well, I agree. Hall of Famer. Hey, I take nothing from the man. I, I, I tell you what else. But again, tell you what did come out of Miami. Dude, some of the greatest fucking players. More Hall of Famers came out of Miami than any other team in Florida. Michael Irvin, Ray Lewis. You know I, mean? I can name them for it, but we ain't got enough time. Yeah. I mean, lots and lots of time. So, let me tell you like this, though. Let me tell you like this. As much as we can just go through every team in the NFL and go through what they need, what they need to do, we're going to save that for other episodes. Just so everybody's listening, after this week's episode, we're going to start doing our NFL take. I feel like it's going to be more of we're going to go draft focus, and we're going to go by divisions. So we'll do four teams a week, and we'll break them down in depth. So, I mean, because we can carry on all night on NFL. But before we get going too far, let's just do a little bit of – show a little bit of love. Marty Schottenheimer passed away, one of the NFL's greatest coaches passed away. You know what I mean? So, I mean, the coaching tree that came off of him is unbelievable. Bruce Arians, our coach, came off of the Martin Marty Schottenheimer tree. Bill Cower, that all came off of that coaching tree. His son's a coach too, right? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm just saying the coaching tree is so deep. And, you know, all the prayers and love and, you know, and condolences out to his family. And, I mean, I just – I hope that the healing process is quick and fast for them, but – I couldn't move on to the next subject without showing a little bit of love to Marty Schottenheimer's family and the, the impact he's had on the NFL and how he's not already in the Hall of Fame as a coach is fucking ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. And what the, did you see the Washington Post? Like, oh, his team, I mean, they, they did a whole thing where they were talking about how his team's fluttered out, and they basically took a shot at him, and it was, it was absurd. I mean, so, but just much in love respect to him and his family and, Condolences out to them and, and rest in peace, Marty Schottenheimer. But uh, moving on from that, Bucks are Super Bowl 55 chance. I'm going to say it again, bitches. Say it. I'm going to say it again. And I live with them. Yeah. Oh, every day. I've been hearing it. Every single day. The Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champs. So it is what it is, bitches. That's all I got for you. I don't know what else to tell you. Your team isn't the champ, and mine is. So it. It is what it is. Absolutely. My team so, too, brother. Yep. Go Bucks. Yeah, go Bucks. So you hear intern uh, Lynn on the mic. He's here and he's going to yeah, talk yeah, about we're, it. Yeah, we're going to do, do some breakdown on NASCAR. We got the Daytona 500 coming up. Basically, the Super Bowl of NASCAR coming up. And, you know, 
to be, I'm going to be hashtag be honest. I'm going to be, let's be honest. I'm, I don't know a whole lot about NASCAR, but Lynn knows a little bit, everything about NASCAR. So Lynn, this year going into the Daytona 500, what are a lot of changes as far as teams? I know there was a lot of driver movements. Uh, I know that uh, Clint Boyer retired and there was a couple other movements with drivers being moved around and all that. You want to go in and let us know a little bit of what about that before we get into the race. What movements, where's the new drivers at, and what can we expect out of some of these new drivers? Yeah, with um, Clint Boyer going into the booth, um, Chase Briscoe takes over for that 14 team. And um, there's a lot of different teams, you know, with uh, Kyle Larson moving from Chip Ganassi going over to Hendrick. Uh, and, and speaking of Kyle Larson, really surprised he came back so fast. Me too. Um, I mean, after less than a year ago, I mean, oof, what he's after that broke down. I'm really surprised that he came back so fast, but I'll let you. That's for a whole other podcast. We can talk about it on that later, but go ahead. Keep going, buddy. I mean, he's back, but I, I think he's going to do pretty good over there. Oh, for sure. I mean, he's very, very talented. Um, You know, Eric Jones takes over in the 43 for uh, Richard Petty. And Bubba Wallace, he's really fast. He just qualified fourth tonight. So Bubba Wallace is he left Richard Petty. Who is he driving for now? He's driving for the Michael Jordan Denny Hamlin team. Oh, Michael Jordan in the NASCAR game. Jimmy's goat now headed to NASCAR. So I I got a question for you. A guy who really never watched NASCAR until he really came down to Florida and kind of saw some stuff. If if you were looking about, you know, hey, there's a driver you really want to pay attention to for this year, not just for Daytona, for this year. Give, give me your take on which driver you think is going to be the the odds-on favorite overall. Um, Not just favoritism, but, I mean, Kyle Busch is one of them. The year he had last year. Oh, that's favoritism, lie. bitch. Yeah, Don't yeah, yeah. One of them. One of them. <laughs> that's why I smiled when oh, you yeah. said that. Yeah. This, this bitch over here. He just like, had the worst oh. year in his career last year. He uh, can't be one of the favorites. Hey, he's, like, he's like, not favoritism, bro, but, you he's know. He's one of them. My fucking driver, Kyle Busch, can be pretty awesome. I think I think Kyle Larson he's going to be one of them coming back uh, from you know being pretty much fired. Um, he's with a really good team now. Chip Ganassi was really you know not very stable, and he's surrounded by a lot of you know good teammates. So um, Kyle Larson's one of them to look at. So who, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite win outside of Kyle Busch on, on Sunday? Sadly, Denny Hamlin. Sadly, Sadly. Uh, we went hand one, bro. We've went to two of the five hundred, and he's dude. won both. I've, I've known you for quite some time, Lynn. Really? Sadly, I mean, come on now. Oh. So, so, I mean, outside of, I mean, is is that kind of is that all the kind of swaps with the drivers, or do we have some more coming up from Xfinity or from the Truck Series that are entering the Cup? Or, I mean, there's not too much coming up from the trucks. There's just you know a couple of the veterans moving around, switching teams, and. Hold on, while we're while we're in the Cup Series, something new. Let me give a little shout out, and everybody uh, out there in the Twitterverse, you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. Wise, what's the guy's first? The Wise, his last name's Wise. What's the driver's name? His last name's Wise. I know who you're talking about. I can't think of him right now. And, and <laughs> he's one of them bottom level drivers. But guess what? Hashtag Dogecoin, bro. He's driving the Dogecoin car, cryptocurrency. Go get it. Elon oh Musk God. is backing it. Hey, I'm a big supporter to Dogecoin, so. That's what I'm going for. Dogecoin, bro. Number 98. <laughs> so I'm over the, here all quiet because I don't know. Right, so so they, the Daytona 500 is coming up. Biggest race of the year. Hey, that's, I know, that's, that's Josh Wise. Josh, Josh Wise. Josh, Josh Wise driving the Dogecoin car. Number 98, correct? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Where did he move? 
Yeah, he's real, he's he's riding ninety eight. Yeah. Number ninety eight Dogecoin car. Did so, you realize he he raised fifty five thousand dollars to sponsor that car? He raised. Yeah. Intern uh, Lynn, I got a question to ask you here. I'm not a NASCAR guy, just like MMA, but I'm learning. I like MMA now. I want to learn more about NASCAR. I have a question for you. Not to get too in-depth, because we don't have time. This is another episode. But on NASCAR, there has been a lot since the last couple of years with the whole National Anthem thing and the BLM and all this stuff that NASCAR has made a very strong push to reach out to more fans. Now, some can look at it as reach out to more fans or some can look at it as pandering. Okay. I watched, I think it was the green Bay Packers game. I I texted my buddy Seneca that I do the Carolina Dawn show with. And I said, bro, NASCAR is pandering their ass off right here. Like they did a commercial and I'm sure, you know, Mm -hmm. you could touch on it because I don't remember everything. But the commercial was was pretty much very much trying to get other people involved in in the sport, which I think is a good thing. You mentioned Michael Jordan having a car. Instantly, I have interest. Michael Jordan, I mean, his Hornets suck. But <laughs> I, I like instantly, I have interest now in NASCAR because Michael Jordan's involved and there's other people involved. So... I want to hear from you because obviously you know the sport and you have been a long time fan of the sport and you understand the climate and the culture and everything that's going on in society as a young man. So touch on that a little bit about what NASCAR is trying to do, your feelings on it. And I look at it as them trying to reach a broader audience where I get a lot of my friends locally that are just kind of like, what the? And I want you to touch on that a little bit. Let me, I'm going to touch on it first because only because, I mean, I, I kind of got a, I've kind of looked into this and I think it's because, hashtag, let's be honest. I'm going to be very real with the whole chain. I mean, last year with the whole news found at Talladega and everything with Bubba Wallace and, the BLM, BLM movement and the uh, banning Confederate flags at the races and all that. I think it's is. I think it's it's a move. It's a move that NASCAR had to make. NASCAR needed to make. And I think it was because NASCAR really the interest for NASCAR was really on a was on a decline, mm-hmm. and they needed to reach a broader audience because. Outside of true diehard NASCAR fans, they were viewed by the outside world as the redneck sport. As that's where all the rednecks go to watch it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the right turn league or left turn league. You know what I mean? And it's like I think they needed to they needed to do that to reach a broader audience. I don't know if it was more of um if it was a play to say to enter diversity into the sport or what and plus on the backside of that with the whole Kyle Larson situation. Mm-hmm. Dropping the end bomb during an eye racing event and all that, it kind of, you know, Bubba Wallace even came to his defense and was like, "Listen, that's my best friend. You know, what I mean, they're really close." And he's like, "I know that's not the kind of person he is, and I know that's not, you know, that's not that's when it came out of his mouth." Bubba Wallace was even surprised, but I just feel like 
I mean, he even said himself that that's not the person he is. I know the real Kyle Larson. That's not the guy he is. So I, I think it was more NASCAR trying to reach a more diverse audience and trying to really just push the brand out there. And, you know, like, and that way in turn, because they were such in a financial, they were hurting financially. You know what I'm saying? It's you didn't, you weren't outside of the Daytona 500 and Lynn. You can agree we've been to many a races. Outside of the Daytona 500, it's fucking empty stands, dude. Yeah. Talladega 500, the stands are full. Yeah. The the you go to Bristol, the stands are full. Outside of them tracks, and outside of the final race of the season, the stands are pretty fucking empty. Atlanta Motor Speedway is pretty full too. Yeah, it but is. I, I, I will tell you, Clayton, and, and I completely agree 100 percent with you on that. I, I am not a NASCAR fan whatsoever. Come from New Jersey, NASCAR is not something we watch. You know, I didn't start watching NASCAR until I came down to Florida uh, back in '96, and that's when I got introduced to NASCAR. I, I will tell you, living in Colorado, where NASCAR's you know truck series and all this stuff is really really big, I, I didn't understand the concept of NASCAR really pandered to certain types of people only. That was that was it, and I think in the time we live now, they're trying to broaden that that horizon, they're trying to bring a lot more people. It's not just making left turns, right? There's a lot more to NASCAR that, if we open up our eyes, open up our, our minds to the concept, I think we can really enjoy instead of looking at Sports Center top ten, which which what who wrecked when mm-hmm. that spectacular wreck? Because that's what I watch NASCAR for. I watch for that. Let's come across that finish line and somebody wrecking somebody. That's that's what I watch for. I got to see Dale Earnhardt on the Daytona 500 back in high school, and that was probably the, I, I, I've been to many a sports and uh, you know stadiums and and places, and I will tell you this is probably one of the, my fondest memories of watching that man drive around that track in Daytona for miles upon miles upon because that was astonishing. You're going a hundred plus miles an hour. With, 30-plus cars. 200 miles an hour back when yeah. Dale Earnhardt raced. I mean, Two. yeah, they were restricted plate, but the, dude, they were doing 200-plus miles yeah. an hour. It was fucking it's, insane. I mean, and, and just the fact of, look, it just takes a small little slight of the wrong turn, the wrong hit, and you may never see that that, that racer ever again. It, it's just astonishing what they – and I think, honestly, NASCAR is doing the right thing in reality by just trying to broaden that, that sport. It's not just a sport for certain people. It's a sport for all of us. And we live in a time, like I said, where it's it's really important for us to understand what the sport's about. It's not just about Absolutely. a flag. It's not just about a, a ritual. It's not about going to Daytona 500 and partying in that weekend on, and getting a tent spot in the middle of, of, of the speedway and hanging out all weekend long waiting for a Sunday race. It's hard for me sometimes to watch it without people who know and when I hear Lynn talk about how passionate he is about NASCAR and when I've known Lynn for a few years and it's kind of strange to see this, this, this young man, the way he's passionate about NASCAR, but it, it puts me to a point where I want to watch it to see his, his excitement about it. Yes. And I want to, I want to play on that because the question I asked Lynn, I'm asking you because one, I know you have interest in journalism in the future Two, you're a young athlete that understands everything that's going on in society is NASCAR doing this for the right reason or are they pandering to get more participation? 
That's what I want to hear from you. I think they're doing it for the right reason. I mean, mainly what he said. I mean, it's just more than all what we've covered about, like with the flags and all that. I mean, I think they're truly doing it for the right reason. I mean, it kind of helped last year with the whole, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and all that. And they really did a good job, you know, showing love to Bubba and all that. Um, but he pretty much hit the, the nail on the spot, covered it all. I think they're doing it for the right reason. Yeah, I think that, I think with them, I mean, it's it's really it's really um, refreshing. I mean, like with intern Lynn, you know what I mean. He's he's kind of you know he's into the sport. You don't see a lot of young people. Even when we went to the races, you don't see a lot of young people his age that are deep into it and really appreciate it. And what you even see less of is the African American community. When we first started going to races years ago, I mean years ago, you you went out there, you didn't see any African Americans out there at the race. I mean it was. I mean mm-hmm. it. Look, it was mostly all the white. I mean, it was mostly white people out there. I mean, that's all seriousness. And then we went to the past couple of Daytona 500s, and you can really start to see the diversity come in to where you're starting to see people of all races and cultures. And I heard people speaking German down there one day. And you see these people from different countries coming in and enjoying the race. And it's really refreshing, you know, to have a young person to really get the experience that he's went. He's kind of seen the uh, evolution of the sport. And at the same time, he hasn't been disheartened by everything that's going on. He's just he's kind of part of that evolution of the sport, and I think it's a beautiful thing. And I and and I think NASCAR is doing it all for the right reason. I hope that they're doing it all for the right reason, and I really hope that it's not a publicity stunt and it's not something that where they're just trying to conjure up, you know, people just pouring sport. I hope it's all for the right reasons. But I mean, it's really a beautiful thing to watch watch the evolution of a sport as far as race relations and all of that move on. Because, look, yes, we were all, I mean, there's a lot of people in this world that were raised a certain way and they grew up with certain views and maybe their parents had certain views or whatever. But we, it's each person's job to be, to be open-minded and appreciate a person for who they are for that person. And we, and all of the race, the race issues inside of this country, you know, going back and forth, it just, we really need to just view people as for the people that they are, for what they bring to the table, what, what positive impact can you make on my life while I make a positive impact on yours, and all the other bullshit aside, we don't, look in, and there was a long time that, I know for a fact that in NASCAR, there was a lot, of, look, and we can all agree, and anybody who says that there wasn't a certain level of racist that moderate that kind of went around NASCAR is crazy. It, it was true. When I was growing up, I was I was a NASCAR guy, but back then it was like you said, the white redneck, rebel flags waving. Right. And mm-hmm. most people look at me, and you, you look at me. I'm, everybody says, "Oh, that's a redneck," because I got a long beard, and yeah. Right, we're the beard and the boys. I, I, I followed the, the NASCAR thing when I was younger. Not as like Lynn is, but I was a Dell Earnhardt guy. And I went to a couple races, and there was rebel flags everywhere. You got, you know, the white redneck, like I call it, white trash, cut off sleeves, cut off shorts. I bought this shirt like this. And <laughs> he got cut off sleeves while he's talking about it. <laughs> it's not cut off. I bought it like this. But anyway. Um, back then, that culture was that way. 
Right. And, you know, growing up, everybody's, you know, even the, like you said, African-Americans, oh, that's a white people sport. That was the whole thing back then. Right. And, I mean, there's some of the stuff that goes on nowadays I don't agree with, but that's a different, that's a different That's a whole different show. That's a whole different episode. podcast. But I do agree with what Lynn's saying. I hope NASCAR is doing it for the right reasons. I really do. Um, part of me says, no, they're not. Because everything in this world, in, in turn, is a money grab. I think they're trying to make money. That's what I think. Yeah. But I hope, I hope I'm, I'm wrong. Um, but we'll see. But, but yeah. even, though, even though we know that everything's about that green paper, you know, everybody really looks at and, and wants to have. It sometimes takes stuff like, you know, BLM and other things that happens in, in, in our world to really make us think about. So NASCAR could, in reality, be in the be, forefront of making be, a serious they movement. Have a, they in have sports. a platform to be, use to make, yeah. Being looking at it from, hey, we can make potentially a lot of money off of this at the same time. Correcting a lot of wrongs that's happened in our past. But you don't times. need to force feed it to people. Don't don't try to you know. So one of the things I want to bring up, the reason why I, I asked you the question, I tried to find the commercial, I can't find it, but it was during the Green Bay Packers game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you were watching that game and you saw a NASCAR commercial, you know what I'm talking about. It was very much if you looked at it and you didn't know anything about the sport. You looked at it and went, hmm, okay. They're like, they're advertising Jordan. They're advertising. Some of the innuendos in there were very much geared toward a certain segment. And I am 100% for that. I just want to make that clear. I don't know if the right answer is like they're trying to build more support to a sport and like, because trust me when I tell you, I know people that feel like they don't care about me no more. They, they're just going in another direction. And it's so stupid that if you're a NASCAR fan, they'd be like me as a Bucks fan, right? If I'm a Bucks fan. I'm a Gators fan. And football, they're like, no, you know, we're doing these clinics for women. And we're trying to, like, do stuff for women. So they do a commercial towards women. And I'm like... No, like, I, it's a guy thing. I want to hang out with Clayton and drink some beers and watch the, the Gators or the Bucks. It's not what it is. So I see it. What I hope it is, is to build a sport, build a community, build a network, and, and all come together for this new thing. But at the end of the day, you have a segment of people that are holding on to stupid shit. And y'all on explicit podcast, I can say that. But that's why I love to have a young perspective. The last show we had, a young perspective. I love to have that young perspective because it's easy for an old school person to look back and go, no, the NFL was this way. We kicked the field goals with a square toe. You know what I mean? Like, But no, soccer style is not a thing. Like, So that, that's where I'm getting at when I bring that up. We live in a completely different world than 20, 30 years ago. And inclusion is, is, a, is a big word, right? Inclusion is a huge, huge word. I truly never watched NASCAR until I moved to Florida in 96, met some friends of mine when I was living in North Florida, right? 
I didn't really start watching and paying attention to NASCAR till about 2018. And that's because Lynn over here, right? I heard the stories about when he was younger and all this stuff. And it kind of intrigued me because I love football. I know that that young man loves football. So it, in my perspective, I like to understand what these some of these young kids do So and, and listen to. So because of the fact that he enjoys NASCAR so much, I started paying attention more to NASCAR. Not because I want to see who won and all this stuff. Plus, it gives me an additional conversation piece to have with another young man. Because a lot of times, as parents, and all of us in here, minus Lynn, are parents in here, we got to connect with kids. I coach for over 10 years. Clayton's coached for over 10 years. Jimmy, I know you're currently coaching baseball or your child's in baseball. So we have a potential to really help other children out. So... Something we think about is that if that interests that kid, I want to know a little bit more about that so I can maybe he can, we can talk about that. And then what happens six, seven, nine months, a year from now, maybe that kid opens up to me about something going on at home, something going on at school that I can help him with. So me personally, I want to thank Lynn for allowing me to open my heart, open my mind to NASCAR in a sense, because I think it's boring Growing up, I truly do. Making nothing but turns all day long. Is it exciting? Yes. Not going to lie to you. Can I sit there and watch it for uh, how long did they turn it? 500? 200 laps. 200 laps was like four or five hours, right? 500 miles. 500. Yeah. So, so can I watch it on TV with my popcorn, like T.O. said, right? No, but Lynn no. can. <laughs> Lynn can. But you know what? If Lynn goes, hey, coach, you come sit with me and watch, watch the Daytona 500 with me. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to sit in that living room with Lynn, and he's going to tell me all about it. And I'm going to enjoy it because that gives me an opportunity to bond with that child, that that kid, that child, that young man, to understand the game, which is now he's opening it up, that game, to other people, which opens up to a lot more areas. So it's, it's pretty awesome to really take a look that NASCAR is taking the lead, similar to like the WNBA that's taking the lead and moving and making, making some of these leaps and bounds that – in my opinion, 10, 12 years ago would never have happened. It really taking leave and bounds that should have should have been fucking happened. Oh, I agree. You know what I mean? Should have been happened. But, you know, it's 2021. Mm-hmm. You know, it's our turn to make a difference. And that's one of the reasons why I got into coaching 10 years ago is to make a difference mm-hmm. in every person's life that I possibly can. And that's all there is to it. You know what I mean? I just... I, I, I really hope NASCAR, that's the whole deal with NASCAR, and that's the direction they're going because it's, it's been way too long, and that's all there is to it. So back to, the, back to NASCAR, back to the actual race, this upcoming race, the Daytona 500. Last night we had the Clash, which was really weird. Clash on a Wednesday night, usually and then like a Thursday, Friday, Tuesday Saturday, night. Sunday type things, how they do the races down there for speed weeks. They usually do it on a Saturday night, on the a sa- whole week all before. All the Saturday before, the week before. And then qualify the next morning. Okay. So they pushed it up a little bit this year. I don't know why. Can't say COVID. I mean, there's. I think. I think they just. They. I think maybe they. Maybe they pushed it up because they. Right. Maybe they. Maybe they didn't want people there so early. And then with the whole COVID thing, that people around the track for so long every day throughout the week. Are, maybe are, that's what it was. Are they, are they letting? What's What's the capacity for fans? You know? I haven't checked on uh, it, but they said there's going to be. A, 
four, I think four, forty something percent. Yeah, it's like forty five percent. Because when, when we purchased Lynn's ticket or when, when Lynn purchases tickets, it was through my email. So I had to constantly communicate back and forth with them. They sent us things it was like, uh, well, we don't know if we're gonna have the seats that you ordered. We may have to move in. They ended up moving him like down a row, like two seats over or something like that to keep everybody socially distanced. So the the question is that typically you guys went last year, right? We went two years ago. Yeah. Two years yeah. ago. So when you guys went two years ago, didn't you guys go Friday, Saturday, Sunday? We, we went did. for a whole speed week. Yeah. The whole we speed did. week, right? So are they doing speed week this week? They this are. Year? They are. It um, basically started Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Pretty much with today we're qualifying. Tomorrow starts the duels, the qualifying races, the trucks, Xfinity, and then the Cup on Sunday. So right. they're still doing the usual schedule, just less people. Okay. Yeah. So last night clash. Clash, super exciting finish. I know you were happy with the end result with Kyle Busch pulling off the victory, but kind of break down that race and what led up to that exciting finish with Kyle Busch. Yeah, um, to get going, um, you know, there was kind of, you know, the main cars that were getting out and getting a dominating, you know, lead or whatever. Truex was that guy last night. Um, He had a penalty uh, after a caution or whatever, went back, drove all the way up to second uh, with about five to go and wrecked and totaled his car. So it was up to, you know, Ellie and Blaney, and Kyle had to come up a couple of spots, you know, with pitting and some new tires and all that. So um, it looked like Han- uh, Elliot was about to win the road course again. It would have been his fifth straight road course win. Um, but Blaney was too fast. Yo, and I seen last night that, you know, and it was – I was kind of watching it, and I was like, damn, Kyle's usually super aggressive, you know what I mean, with his style of racing. He's usually right up there being aggressive, you know what I mean, right on the ass end of the car in front of him, bumping and bumping, you know what I mean, trying to make that move. It seemed like last night, and I know that you had mentioned to me earlier that he got a new crew chief. Do you think that that's a mindset change to be more patient when making moves and him kind of sitting back like that, kind of set him up, knowing that them guys were going to hard race right there at the end, set him up into position to be able to take that lead when that accident happened? Yes and no. Um, We all know, well, Kyle knew he did not have the car to win. He was around, you know, sixth or seventh all night long. But, you know, with the wreck happening with Truex, it's another car out. He had fresher tires, so he was able to move up. Um, the guys were getting super aggressive, so they weren't running best, you know, the best time on their laps. So Kyle was able to, you know, just sit there patiently and, you know, catch them slowly and be in the right place at the right time, and he was. Yep. All right, so so we got a kind of nice little breakdown of what's coming up. Outside of Kyle Busch, we didn't got on Sunday. I don't want to say Hamlin because he just won his third last year. It was back-to-back, but, I mean, he's just so strong. But I would take – Probably Brad Keselowski. He's never won one, but he's super good on restrictor plate tracks, and it's just times do. Hasn't he been the one that's like uh, been finishing the top five last few years? Yeah, he's he's been up there. Last year he wrecked out a couple laps ago. He was running third. So, so so for people at home, I mean, not everybody listens to NASCAR or watches NASCAR. What does Brad Keselowski? What's I mean? What does Kyle Busch drive? What's what's Brad Keselowski drive? What model? What number? I mean, just just so. I mean, I know this is, I mean, you've been on podcasts and stuff before, but really got to break it down for the people at home. Maybe they don't watch NASCAR. So what's the what's the cars that they run and, and their numbers? Well, Kozowski, he runs uh, the number two for uh, Penske, Team Penske. He runs okay. a Ford Mustang. All right. Kyle Busch, he's uh, an 18. Uh, he drives a Toyota Corolla, uh, Camry. And then there's one more manufacturer, the Chevy Camaro. What, what team does uh, 
Kyle Draffler. Joe Gibbs Racing. Oh, Joe Gibbs, Super Bowl champ, baby. Just like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, oh, Super Bowl 55 champs. One more. I had to come hey, out one I, more time. I'm a Bucs fan, but he said that a Joe lot. Gibbs. Hey, listen, I just coached him into that one. He set me up. I, I set him up. I already knew who the team was. I just coaxed <laughs> him into that one. But, Hashtag Bucks Super Bowl champion. So the Daytona 500 is coming up. You said that you like Kyle Busch just because that's where your heart is. Kyle Busch is your driver. You said that outside of Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin is your favorite. Who out of all these drivers is, you know, them are the top two drivers. They were, The last time we were there, they ran one and two. Who is the dark horse? Not the big name, but the guy who could really sneak in there and sneak out a victory. Uh, you know what I mean? And just kind of really shake shit up right off the right off the rip. Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace with yeah. the Jordan team. You think he He's super fast. He he was first yeah. in practice today and he's qualified fourth and he ran with no one in practice while other cars were teaming up. So that says something. So so Bubba Wallace, he switched to the Jordan team with right. Hamlin, right? What number is he running? Because I know he's twenty three. Twenty oh twenty three. Jordan. Well, S, what, what, other, what other number would that? Would I mean, be? I guess you're right. Maybe forty five. Maybe. Uh, yeah. See, maybe, maybe forty. Maybe what, he could have ran forty five, but then he would have sucked. But so what car, what he had car, to go to twenty three. What car is he running? He's running What's a the model Toyota Camry. Oh Ooh. shit! He's running with the team Toyota. Really strong team in NASCAR. All right. And so, last I checked, don't you like the Camry? Oh yeah, I love the Camry. Ooh, okay. I'm a camera. He's a camera guy. He drives a Ford Fusion, but he's a camera guy. If I could have got a camera, I would have. Yeah. <laughs> so that's we got NASCAR. We you say Bubba Wallace is the dark horse. You like Kyle Busch, or you hope Kyle Busch is going to win. Outside of Kyle Busch, you like Denny Hamlin. So basically, what you're saying is toy, Team Toyota top drivers in in the game. That's who you're liking moving forward. Yeah, for sure. So. NASCAR breakdown with Lynn. I mean, he knows more than I do. So if he says he likes Kyle Busch to win or Denny Hamlin, fuck, I Kyle like Kyle Busch or Denny Hamlin. You know what I mean? I, that's all I got for him. Even though I'm a number 14 guy, but I haven't really followed the 14 since Tony Stewart was there. You know what I mean? I was about to say, isn't that? I'm about to you know what I mean? So, yeah. So moving on, we got we had a lot of sporting events this past weekend. Big time events, man. Let me tell you, right here in Central Florida, right there in Lakeland, bare knuckle mania, like. Bum, 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 bum. Bare knuckle boxing right there. Chris Levin's retirement fight. My boy. Chris, Chris Levin's retirement the fight. Yeah. He went out with a bang. Yeah, with a bang, bro. I thought it was going to be some bullshit earlier with the whole, the guy thought that what it is, he got eye gouged. Yeah, he didn't get eye gouged, he got punched. He got punched. Yeah. And he was like, oh my, you know, he thought he was getting eye gouged. And I was like, man, you just got fucked up, bro. What he are got you punched. Doing? And they played, they showed the replay, he got punched. Yeah. All right. First off, Hey, everybody out there listening to this right now. I'm going to let y'all know right now. So we started we started a text message uh, chain going on Friday afternoon. Yes, y'all did. And Dude, it that did not, shit went deep. It did not Four end. hours. It text. did not end until Saturday night. Mind you, you had multiple multiple sport events going on, but we were going for multiple nights. Yeah. I'm talking about. So remember, Clayton said last week that we get together, we talk about MMA, we talk about and no, we just nonstop. I'm going to tell you, if some of, some of the stuff I And, you know, Jason was new to the whole text feed. Oh, my gosh. Y'all, y'all. You don't even know. Hey, we're not going to bring up the exact, exactly what just happened, but Jason just had a legit party foul. So, I mean, it is what it is, bro. It happens. But I will tell you this. Jason was new to our text feed. Just don't tell Jen. Don't tell Jen. She's going to know because she's going to listen. Hashtag don't tell Jen. Hashtag don't tell Jen. But Jason was new to our uh, text feed, and let me tell you something. He even came back and he's like, dude, 
y'all are fucking off the chain. So we got Chris leaving the Crippler Bro retirement fight, bare knuckle boxing. For you at home who don't know what bare knuckle boxing is, it's kind of like UFC, but not. They're allowed to clinch. They're allowed to clinch a little bit more clinching and dirty boxing than what regular boxing would be. Um, bare knuckles. You only got wrist wraps and bare knuckles. So it's basically like bar fighting with rules. Backyard fighting. Basically. So we got Chris no leaving. No elbows. No Chris, knees. Yeah. Chris leaving gets a first round knockout in his retirement fight. Goes off into the sunset with exactly how he came in. Being the fucking crippler, dude. Just banging bitches and bringing the heat. You know, so he's gonna he's he's retiring, but he's still gonna be a part of the bare knuckle boxing family. He'll be a pro, he'll be well he'll be like a spokesman or promoter, like commentator, yeah. maybe a little bit. But I mean, he's still I mean, beautiful performance by Chris Lieben in his final fight um, in combat sports. And then on to the main event, you got Paige Van Zant versus anybody else know. Come on, man. Bret Hart. She wasn't as high as Paige. I was about Bret to say, Hart. last name's Hart. Bret Hart. First name. And let me tell you something. I thought Paige Van Zandt was going to get fucked up from the rip, and I think Jimmy as thought the I. same thing on the text feed. We were both saying, dude, she's about to get her face fucked up. She don't know what she's doing. Dude, she held her fucking on. Yeah, my girl she, was on the She, my girl she was really the stood in there. She really stood in there did the right thing. At the end, though, at the end, Jimmy, you lost the feed to the fight. Yeah. I continue to watch. She almost threw a knee. Dude, she had the woman in the clinch, and she went to go through the knee. She had to pull it down. She almost needed this bitch to sleep, and I was like, I was like, oh, don't do it, don't do it. But excellent performance. Unfortunately, she lost the decision to Britton Hart. But to be honest with you, Britton Hart definitely deserved that win. She it was a real banger. But Paige Van Zant landed with some big shots, big shots early, and she's not going anywhere. I think she's going to be a big stronghold in bare knuckle boxing moving forward, and it's. I mean, her future is bright there. And like she said, she did an interview, and they were like, they were like, so why did you go to bare knuckle boxing and leave UFC? She's like, listen, I used to fight in the UFC, getting kicked in the head, getting choked out, getting knocked out. She goes, I fought in the UFC for $40,000 to show up and a $40,000 if I won. She goes, I'm getting paid 10 times that just to box. She goes, so why would I ever go back to the UFC? Look, well, I ain't mad at her. If I, you're going to make that kind of money – Outside the UFC. She needed to leave the UFC. Yeah, yeah, she, she was on a three-fight losing streak. She's not a mixed martial artist. No, I, was, I was about to say, I agree, completely agree with Jimmy. She she wasn't doing well in UFC in the last in the, her latter three, four fights. Uh, what got was, her to the UFC is her looks, period. Her, oh, yeah, her yeah. face is what oh, got yeah, her. Her Instagram yeah. feed and her TikTok feed is next level shit. I for can't sure. argue with that. I mean, for sure. And she gets, I mean, with her fiancé or husband or boyfriend or whatever. Maybe. He's living off. He's living off of her. Yeah. yeah, maybe he is, but he's still with Saint, Paige Van Zandt, and he's Tom still Brady on Giselle. her. Yeah, but Tom Brady, Giselle's got more money than Tom Brady. Yeah, but, Giselle's banking. You know, it was. Dude, she did an. I, I I tip my hat to her. The level of fighting for her on that on that card was for a debut and going up to that caliber of fighter, who's had multiple fights in the. Uh, and in the bare knuckle boxing uh, realm of combat sports, dude, very impressed. Very impressed with what Paige Van Zandt dude, the brought first, to the table. The first fight of that card, oh, that shit, I don't remember their names, but them girls beat the hell out of dude. each other, bro. Oh my god, did you see the aftermath? Dude, that, I'm that? telling you, they had knots on top of knots and cuts on top of them girls were, they were just throwing bombs, dude. 
So one of the things I wanted to bring up to you guys, but I don't know if we have enough time today to touch on it. So maybe some of the listeners have the same thoughts of me. That bare knuckle thing and being, I, I again, I feel so privileged to be part of that text thread with you guys because it was so entertaining. Um, is that part of Dana White's thing? Like, no, is, is no, that's, bare, to, that's totally Because I, I know there's people out there listening that, are, that understand where I'm coming from. I don't understand the different, so, the so, UFC, the, the you know the different levels of it, but I keep hearing Dana White's name mentioned when I talk to y'all. So, so the first fight on that main card, let's give these girls their props because it was a fucking banger, dude. When I tell you bleeding from every spot on their face, it was Charissa Sigala and Taylor Jenkins was it, dude? It was a. It was a round from first round to the end of the third round. It was a, a straight banger. Taylor Jenkins came out with the win on the decision, but them girls do not look the same. And so, so those of you who did, didn't get to watch Bare Knuckle Fight and don't know, it's actually five rounds of two minutes. They're fighting for ten minutes. So it sounds like it's going quick. And it's a brutal. But they are literally banging from the bell to the final bell. And go look it up. Listen, I mean, go look it up. The pictures tell a thousand words from what these two these two ladies did in that ring. They they entertained all of us. And I'm gonna be very real with you. This past weekend was my very first time really I mean, I followed it through through Twitter and kind of YouTube and watching it here and there, but really sitting down and watching a card from beginning to end, this was my first weekend of really watching bare knuckle boxing. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. It is super entertaining, super entertaining, and if, if you want action, it's going to give well, you... I started watching it because of Chris Lieben. It's going to give you action. Yeah. Well, as soon as, it, as soon as it jumped off, that was the first name that they, they threw up there, Chris Lieben. Yeah. So when he was in the UFC, he was a monster. Kill he, when he was hurt, when he, he was more Silva, dangerous. Remember that fight when he fought Silva? It was like a walking zombie, Man. dude. When, he, so when he's it, hurt, he's more dangerous when he's hurt. Yeah, so is it the minor leagues? Like like you fall a, from UFC to no. bare knuckle? Like how does that work? I think it's its own thing. It's its, its own thing. So you can you could be a Conor McGregor and take a fight in boxing. You could take a fight in UFC. You could take a fight in bare well, knuckle. Daniel you're, White's not going to let him go to the bare knuckle. That's the question there, that I'm getting When at. you're under yeah. contract with us. Like, say so if you're under contract with the UFC. They have to allow you to go the fight. The only reason why he was sport. able to box McGregor is because Dana White co-promoted that. Yeah, he, he made money off of that. Right. So bare, bare knuckle, it's, it's its own entity. So right. you cannot be a UFC fighter under contract with Dana White and go fight bare knuckle. Now, mind you, if Dana White, if there's a fight out there that Dana White wants to promote, example, the, the McGregor Mayweather fight where he wants to co-promote with somebody, then sure, he's gonna he's gonna allow you to do that. But they're two different entities completely. You're gonna be dropped from one to go fight for the other. That makes sense, right? So yeah, I was really impressed with Paige Van Zant's performance at the Bare Knuckle Boxing. I mean, from beginning to end, super impressed. So. After that, Saturday night, text feed continues. We got UFC Fight Night. UFC Fight Night was in Vegas at the Apex. No fans allowed, you know, due to COVID regulation in Vegas and all that. But two, the the, the co-main event and the main event, the same I mean, event. fast, fast, same result, Bro, same result. Sanhagen is a beast. So let's go, let's start. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. So let's start with Sanhagen 
Let's start with Sanhagen and Frankie Edgar. Frankie who's still Edgar. Sleeping. So you woke up yet? No. No. <laughs> Brutal fucking knee takes out Frankie Edgar in the first round. I mean. Do you know, I know he was, wow. he was really bad hurt because the camera cut away from him. For they a cut minute. away. I'm talking about uh, anywhere around him. Didn't he go to commercial? They went to commercial. seconds into the first round, Frankie Edgar gets slipped by a flying knee. And Sanhagen baited him into that knee. Yeah. That that was it. Wasn't where like a, the Masvidal Masvidal Askren knee. He baited him. Dude, Masvidal into, knew what Askren was going to do it, there. That's this, how he gets right through that knee. Baited him into that knee, and when he hit him with that knee, I'm gonna tell you right now. I yelled and screamed like a little girl when I saw it. It, it was just that. It looked like no, Frankie it died. Was fucking whoa! It looked like Frankie died. Dude, I just I just started sending sleepy emojis, Z emojis <laughs> yeah, to my bro. Me, 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 me. As fast as I could hit him on my phone, dude. Dude was out cold. Out cold. I mean, it was brutal. I mean, I was really worried. He was he was as stiff as Ben Askren was when Jorge Masvidal needed yeah, to he sleep. Was, he was out and sleeping, snoring. But a more brutal knee. Yeah, I feel like it was a more brutal knee. It was worse. It was he pulled down and he drove force right into the jaw. Well, Masvidal caught Askren coming down. That's how and right on the right. side of his head. So Frankie Edgar, what I mean, I, me personally, I think Frankie Edgar. I mean, I the see legend. this with. Legend. legend, but he puts on his Twitter, oh, I've, I know how to take losses. I'll be back. Bro, you need to hang it up. Yeah. It's Dude, time to hang it up. Can, Didn't no he doubt. lose this, his last couple fights, too? He won the last fight, but it was by decision. But, but Look, let's be BJ, real here. His BJ Penn days. This is making me not, feel like. Don't, this is making BJ me. BJ Penn's in prison right now. DUI prison. Yeah, yeah, he's beating yeah. the shit out of people or whatever it is. And, and bars and shit. My thing with Frankie Edgar is. Frankie Edgar really needs to just take a seat. Take a break. Dude, it reminds keep... me of the Iceman. Remember when Dude, why Chuck you gotta L- bring up my dog, man? Dude, I love I love Chuck Liddell, but once he got knocked out by Rashad Evans, he oh got slipped. God, no, no, once he got one. knocked out by Rampage. No. No. He lost the belt but to Rashad. No, he lost the belt to Rampage. Once Rampage knocked him out, Look, Iceman was done. I, I get you. Bro, but I follow Sugar, Iceman. When he lost Rashad, about the ice to Rampage. When Sugar Rashad knocked him out and slept hey. him. Folded him up like you're making a paper airplane. Folded well, him up. How do you say it? Roll him like a booger? Rolled him like a fresh booger, dude. Rolled him I, like a fresh booger. Look, and then flaked that bitch. You're hurting my heart, he's, bro. He's Sorry, dude. Never been the Iceman got melted, bro. It hurt my heart. <laughs> the Iceman was just a puddle of water. He was Waterman. He was To this day. If you say UFC, the first face that pops up, Chuck Liddell. For people with gray hair? Chuck Liddell. For people with gray hair? For people with gray hair? You're crazy. That's the first mainstream star that ever was in the UFC. I I get that, but new age UFC fans don't give, I mean, they give a fuck, but they don't give a fuck. It's like the comment from Bill Russell from last week. Who the fuck is Chuck Liddell? I mean, I know who Chuck Liddell is, but I'm just saying, a lot of new, you say Lynn, you say intern Lynn, hey, Who's the ice and Chuck Liddell? He's like, my twelve year old knows who. Like, bitch, who the fuck are you talking about? That's because you beat it into his head. Shut up. But what I'm saying is, I mean, really, the new age outside of Conor McGregor and 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 Brock Lesnar when he came from the uh, WWE, they don't really know really about the Iceman. But bro, Chuck is still sleeping from that shot. From, yeah, no from shit. The shot. Come Man, on, man. for no, real. Do I got to be in here with this guy? I mean, yes, you do. All right, for real. But, yes, I feel like Frankie Edgar needs to take a step back no man, and really evaluate what's best for his life and his health. 
you can't continue to take shots like this and get put out like that and think that you're going to keep coming back. It's almost like Cowboy Cerrone. How many times are you going to get your fucking ass whipped? How much are you going to get your ass but, whipped? But before I, think you're Cowboy, I think Cowboy's got his last fight coming up. No, yeah. Diego Sanchez is signed for his last fight, not I, Cowboy. I agree with My you. My personal thing is I feel like Dana should put a stipulation in there that the loser has to retire and the winner has to retire. I completely agree. Cowboy Cerrone and Diego, Diego Sanchez, they just making Dude, that fight. Diego should have been retired three fights ago. Well, I agree with you, but this is a fight that they both need to retire on. Yeah, they need to both go bother. Go the sunset. Both oh. of them grandpas need to go out there and fight and be just done with it. But we can't. Cowboy's not that old. I understand that. But sometimes you got to get fucked beat. up. Like he lost to a shoulder to the face on oh, McGregor. Head, oh, head no, kick. dude, head it kick. was a head kick. That was but, shoulder. Look, but we all knew that that was going to happen. Cowboy is a slow starter. He He's always been a slow starter. And he always crumples in the biggest matches under the most pressure. Exactly. That's his fucking mo. Even when his when he was young, he so, was still crumpling under fucking pressure. So, so we agree that he should retire after this fight. I agree he should retire because yeah, I'm tired okay. of I'm tired of seeing. I mean, my thing is if you're if you're a MMA fighter or you're in combat sports, if you're not up on that upper echelon, being able to make real money off of going out and performing, I mean, I know that you love the whole idea of competing and fighting, but when is the money so minuscule and you're going down on the card to the point to where it's not worth the damage you're taking? Do you mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? It's not worth the amount of abuse you're taking. It's not worth the risk you're so, taking. Cowboy's so, problem is he's an adrenaline junkie. So if Very if, much an adrenaline junkie. If they junkie. force him to retire in the UFC, you're going to see him in Bellator, dude. And or you may knuckle. wind up seeing him in, Bell, in, in bare, knuckle, bare knuckle fight. Good. There's a new Bellator fight coming. Who was it that was just posted the other day? Um, you got fucking, what's his name? Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Johnson versus, uh, who's the dude oh, from man. Cuba? Fuck, I don't even know. So, man. You, they call so him so much we don't God, know. I can't remember his first name. Though. Oh, Yoel Romero. Yeah, Yoel Romero. So, for yeah. your new fans out there in MMA, is Bellator like a a, a lower level? Bellator or is, is Bellator own, its own thing against UFC? Its own thing against it's a, UFC. It's a so, so fighters can jump from one UFC maybe to Bellator because After they lose their contract. Their contracts out. Okay. Right. So, so I, I, I got one for you. So you talking about cowboy? Diego Sanchez retiring. How about your boy Clay Guida? Super proud of that guy. I fucking love Clay Guida. Look, man, that that guy has a gas tank. Listen, for days. did you see him in his post conference when he when he won? That man was still motherfucking bouncing around like he, he was run, still he'll run around the cage. Hey, Clay yeah. Guida owned Dustin Johnson or uh, Michael Johnson in that fight. But look, Clay Guida's like. He's a different mate. It's almost like Tom Brady in the NFL. He's 43 years old and still competing at like he's 20-something years old or having better seasons. He's just built different. I'm not saying he's the Tom Brady of MMA. Don't get me fucking twisted. Don't get that twisted. He's not the Tom Brady of MMA, okay? I don't think there's there's a person at that level. I, I mean, I, I, every, but, time, every time I see Clay Guida, all I think of is Luigi. All, every time I see t- Clay Guida, <laughs> you know what I think? We're about to have a badass fight on our hands. Cause that yeah, dude, gonna, he's always hey, bringing it's it. Gonna be, it's going to be... All gas, no break from the beginning to end. Well, when he fought D- Diego Sanchez, that, oh, that, that fight was, was off the chain, fight. dude. That was a dude, they didn't give a fuck. Middle of the cage and just beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> they didn't give a fuck. Didn't that make the that made, that fight made the Hall of Fame, didn't it? So, what's one of the best fights ever? Yeah. So, what's next? I mean, Corey Sandhagen beats Frankie Egger. He was already a top five ranked fighter. 
I mean, what? I mean, he has to fight the. I think. I think the the biggest thing, like Corey Sanhagen said that before the fight, you know, I made a mistake last week. I said, um, I said uh, that the flyweight champion or the uh, the bantamweight champion was uh, somebody else, but it's Peter Yan. Peter Yan is the bantamweight champion. He's got a fight coming up. Right. He's fighting... Um, Two UFC tonight fights, I believe. Yeah, he's fighting... Uh, what the hell is he fighting? Anyway, he's calling out... He already assumes that he won. Oh, he's fighting Aljamain Sterling. So Sterling beat Sanhagen last time. Right. Aljamain Sterling is real deal. He's real yeah. deal. He, I feel like he can beat Jan. I feel like he's going to beat Jan. Jan's already looking past him and it's calling out TJ Dillashaw. Talking about something. Oh, I want to fight TJ Dillashaw after I get da- done with the. I see you're already twitching again, just like last week. So he's <laughs> he's he's like, oh, I want to fight TJ Dillashaw after I get done with this Aljamain Sterling fight. And it's like, it's like, bro, you got Corey Sanhagen right here who is a killer. Is a fucking killer. And TJ a- Dillashaw's a fucking cheater. Leave him sitting over there. Stop calling out bitches you think you know you can beat because they've been sitting on the fucking curb and on the sidelines. Call out a real motherfucker over here. Hey, and Sanhig is different in the bantamweight. And, and he's different. And he's, and he's he's tall, he's lanky, and he's got some. And how about you get through the fucking murderer that's going to be standing across from you coming up? Aljamain Sterling is no bitch. He's been waiting for this fight for so long, forever. He was on food. He was on food truck diaries with Brendan Schaub a few months ago, yeah. and that's he was that's all he's talking about. He's like, look, I'm waiting on that title fight. I want that title fight. I'm not but, taking that talking that title fight. And and Yan should should think this bitch about, is about to eat Yan. He should think about what what because Yan barely Yan barely beat a washed up or I'm not gonna say washed up. He barely beat an Aldo who's coming near the end of his career to win the title in the first fucking place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, look, it's like pay attention to the motherfuckers in front of you. Don't sit here and start looking past people because when you look past people, you end up like my, like Conor McGregor did, and your grass gets put to sleep by the person standing across from him. Don't don't take a picture. Conor McGregor, McGregor was looking ahead to a title fight. He was looking ahead to a Pacquiao fight, and his ass got put to sleep by Dustin Poirier. So Peter Yan, make that mistake if you want to. Look ahead and start calling out T.J. Dillashaw when Aljamain Sterling put your ass to sleep. Don't want to hear no bitch and no crying and no rematch. Aljamain Sterling, if you're listening to me, when you beat his ass, don't give him a rematch because he don't deserve it. Don't put it in the contract. Don't put don't don't give him a rematch. Fuck him. He hasn't defended the belt. He don't get a rematch. This is be his first title defense. So, yeah, I, Corey Sanhagen had a real good take on that. He's like, I don't know what the dude's thinking. He's just want he don't want to fight real fighters. He's wanting to fight washed up guys who's just been sitting on the sidelines, which. By all means, I totally agree with you. I think that after this fight, I think Corey Sanhagen has to be the next in line for that title shot at Bantamweight. How can you not put that guy in a, in a title fight? Dude, you can't. see what he just did. Dude, I, fucking I, I, slept I, I, him. Honestly, honestly, the, win, the, the winner of the Yon fight has got to fight. Got to. Sanhagen. Got to. That, there, there's no other fight in the Bantamweight division that Dana can put on that's going to be as entertaining as that fight. Oh, and that was... Now, I don't remember the name. That was Marlon Marias, I said, was the champion oh, yeah, at Bantamweight. He's the flyweight champion at 125. So, he still has the belt. Marlon Marias does. And Peter Yan is the champion at 135. So, speaking of careers that need to be, you really need to recheck and reevaluate, let's move on to the main event of the UFC this past week. You got you had Alistair Overeem, no longer Overeem like we used to have back in the day when he was all roided up to the max. But you got Alistair Overeem versus Al- Alexander Volkov, 
Alexander Volkov knocks him out, dude, at two minutes and six seconds into the second round. It's basically no, no. like it was in a cheese grater. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Hey, Volkov, <laughs> knocked, up. Volkov knocked him out at zero se- zero minutes and zero seconds because that man was running from the big. He was. He was running. That bitch. Bell. Dude, to I me, the overing looked really out of shape. Like he looked. I mean, he looked like. I mean, I know you're Bro, a heavyweight. This guy, you know, most most of these uh, high high level fighters saying they they train two three times a day. Overing said he was in the gym one time a day. He said, "I'm too old to train it. with these I mean, young he was in guys." Zero fucking times a day. I yeah. only went to the gym once a day. Yeah, he looked. How like do you expect to deal with these heavyweight fucking monsters, dude? And you go to the gym one time a day. I understand you're Alistar Overeem. That's because he didn't go to the gym at all. Look, it's because he's there for the fucking paycheck. He's not that guy that's... Oh, he's talking he's, about... He's talking about, I'm, I'm, I'm going on this... I got yeah. one more title run. You don't have one more. Nothing. Dana White needs to cut that motherfucker. Send him to Bellator. They're, they're not, they're not going to cut him, but they, he's they're going to force he's him got, to retire. He's got one more fight, maybe. One. Well, he's got one more. He's got Who's two he more fight? fights on his contract. Fights his contract. But, but I think they're, I think they're just going to be like, listen, you just need to step away. Hashtag. Let's be honest. Let, he's got one more fight left. Yeah, I mean, dude, that was a piss poor performance. You came in out of shape, dude. And you got dominated from the word go. He was running from the minute that bell rang. Yeah, from the word go. Especially when he got hit in the body. So I mean, I mean that. As much as I like seeing people get fucked up, I mean it's at the it was at the point where it's like. Man, dude, it's like you. I mean, between Frankie Edgar and Overeem, it's like, man, y'all need to just pump the fucking brakes. The rest of that car was a was a complete fucking snooze fest. The snooze fest. I mean, I went to Publix and went shopping and all kinds of shit because it was just like, dude, I can't watch this. I'm gonna fall asleep. I want to make it to the main event. I believe Jason did fall asleep a few times during that card on Saturday. So I cannot confirm or deny that. <laughs> so I was with y'all the whole time through the tip. I may well, have we caught up on Sunday. Each other. Where'd Jason go? Listen, the Prince of Production may or may not have had. A little bit Listen, to drink before yeah. the fight. Was I was I was pre gaming and then it turned into like a lot of fun yeah. and then so, so, so gaming. So I'm let you, <laughs> yeah, I remember last week Clayton made a comment about myself and country music. So I recall a comment made by somebody on that group chat that said about Hank Williams and Kenny G. And then it was like four hours later we got a we got a text back. Oh, from this guy. Have you ever listened to Hank? Oh, you don't remember that? You're talking about something you went to somebody's house and you asked them if they had ESPN Plus and they put on. They put on Kenny G and Hank Williams. Shout out to John and Janelle. I love y'all. Thank you for having us over. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he was But that is a true story. I did ask that at the time, and that's what happened. And I did text that <laughs> to the group chat. So I love y'all, Janelle and John. And I did say, who's Hank Williams? So, so let's, I'm going to keep that real. So, so this, week, this week, this week, we got UFC pay-per-view. We got UFC 258 live at the Apex in Las Vegas. Uh, it's happened on Saturday night, day before Valentine's Day. Like Usman Burns. So Usman yes. Burns. That's snooze. We're gonna have crotch sniffer and foot stomper. The stompers. Yeah. Can, can I, you want me to give you a prediction? Oh, hold on. Let's start. We're gonna start at the bottom of the card and go through some of these fights. My favorite fight, really, to be honest with you, outside of that one, is probably gonna be. Never mind. I don't have a favorite fight. Maybe the Kevin Gaslam, Ian, whatever this, that dude's name's fight. This this fight card ain't. It's really not that great. Outside that great. of Usman and Burns. So let's just go straight to the main the, event. There's, there's no co-main. What's the co-main? The co-main event? event is the co-main is Macy Barber versus Alex Grosso, Alexa Grosso, two women in the flyweight division. Which one's hotter? 
I'm going to say Macy Barber. Macy for the win. <laughs> so Jason picks Macy Barber. For, Jason's Ma- Macy Barber has an 8-1 record. 8-1 record in the flyweight division. That's my chick. Alexa Grosso has a 12-3 record Ooh. in the flyweight division. So Macy all the way. But the middleweight fight, Kevin Gaslam versus Ian Hexic. You know, we know Kevin Gaslam, yeah. you know, 16 and 6, 14 and 3 for Ian. But to the main event, Burns versus Usman. My prediction is Burns knockout second round. Burns knockout. I'm going to tell you. No. Yes, knockout. I'm going to tell you why. Because Burns, he's watched, he watched Jorge fight and he watched Jorge kind of play Usman's game where Usman kind of kept him up against the fence and kind of did that. His game, you know what I mean? Hold you against the fence, point, fight you, whatever. Let's take it a decision. I feel like Burns is going to come out throwing fucking bombs. He's not going to play this bullshit. And that's Burns' game. Burns wants to knock a bitch out. He wants to He wants to put you in position. He wants to take you to the deep and see if you can swim. You know what I'm saying? Take you to, to the deep spot in the pond. And can you, can you keep yourself from drowning? And I like Burns' second-round knockout, TKO, whatever you want to call it. Oh, okay. I thought you said Oh, okay. TKO, I, knockout, finishing the fight in the second round. I like Burns just, I mean, just catching Usman with a shot, falling to the ground, so, and then they so call I, a fight. So I, I agree with that. I think Burns I think Burns wins that fight. I think he, he, baits, he baits Usman to fighting. Uh, I don't think it'll be a second-round knockout. I think it'll go five-round decision. I really do. If it goes decision, I feel like Usman's going to win. Usman's going to win a decision. It's got to yeah. – Usman is the – he's so Usman's good at point fighting. Usman, Usman's I just don't whole, think that Burns has that in him. Usman's whole game plan right now, I guarantee his just whole game plan is, is to go five, take Burns down, stay away from the stand-up. I mean, he'll stand with him, but he's going to stand with him to take him down. Well, I, I agree there. I, I completely agree there. I think Usman's – you know, Usman wants to go up against Cage, foot stomp. And go oh, that route. Oh, he's definitely put some and, in body and go, shots. And go that route. But I, I, I honestly believe Burns has the ability to keep him off the cage. I, I, I don't think he I don't think he's got the knockout power in the sense of I'm gonna knock him out two, three, four rounds because of the fact that Usman has the ability to put you up against against the cage as, as well as he does. So I, I think it's a Burns win. I really do. I think it's gonna go by points. I think it's gonna see, we're gonna see some cage, some up against the cage. But I think we're going to see Burns' ability to keep him in the middle of the ring and go blow to blow. I hope you're right because I hope the reign of the snoozy bitch is over because I'm so tired of all that. I'm going Usman in the fourth round. I think uh, Usman has the uh, – no, I'm not going to stop. Usman. <laughs> <laughs> Usman in the fourth. Oh, so he I'm, going, I'm going snooze man too by, by decision. He's going to take him down and try humping. You think he's going to – I don't think he's going to take him down. I don't think. He's gonna unless unless Burns catches him, Usman's gonna take him down. He's gonna be well. He's gonna ground and pound him, but it's not gonna be. No, that's why I have no. I mean, I'm an MMA guy. I don't really have no fucking interest in this fight. I don't, I don't have a. I don't really have any interest in this fight either. And I, w- I got, I'm gonna be. There won't be no text feed on this one because I'm not paying seventy dollars yeah. to text feed on this one. I gotta call into to Burns. Don't worry. You gotta you gotta call into Burns. Let him know. Call take him up. up. I appreciate it. Please end this yeah. title reign because. I'm over this bitch, dude. Yeah, this man is a snoozer. Yeah, I, got, I got a direct line. He's in. worse than Tyrod Tyro Woodley. He's, gonna, he's oh. fixing the fight, too. Remember when he fought uh, Stephen Thompson or whatever, dude? Talking about Wonder Boy? Wonder Boy, oh, and they're just yeah. running around, just fucking, just fucking dancing let's, around the octagon. It was the worst, bro. 
That's how I mean, it wasn't as bad as it wasn't as bad as Derek Lewis, uh, Francis Ngannou, but. That's, is that, is that they the, only threw like 15 strikes the entire fight. Is that my balls were, my balls were hot? <laughs> no, 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 that's right. That's, 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 that's like Alex, Alexander Volkov, <laughs> the one that just fought. But Derek yeah, slept his ass. Yeah, he slept me like in the last round. But yeah, I don't really. I mean, I like Burns. I like his stand up game, and I. I mean, I think I think he's gonna catch Usman. I hope so. Second round. I, think, I mean, I, I think we so. all hope so. We, we Burns all, is a more all, exciting fighter, dude. I think Real. we all agree that. I'd rather see a Burns Masvidal fight for a title. That'd be exciting. Than Usman Masvidal fight. So on top of that, Masvidal's going to fight Kobe next. So he's I, I Kobe. get you, but for I'm he's got to fight, fight Kobe. Fight. You you have to Masvidal. You have to fight Kobe Covington. If you don't fight Kobe Covington, all this bullshit you're chirping, all that bullshit is null and void. You have to fight Kobe Covington. You can't sit there and talk shit about him. But oh, he's fake and he's this and he's that. Oh, he's fake, but. Which one? He is. Kobe. Kobe. He is. He is, but you have to fight him. Fake as a motherfucker. Fake, fake. That whole persona that he's got is fake as hell. No, I agree with you. I just want want to make sure our listeners understood it. Because how come you ain't heard anything from Kobe? I mean, this whole political thing, that's that's beyond me right now. But that whole Trump shit, that was, uh, let me follow this so I can get some... Oh, that, so I can that, get some flack oh, from everybody. That's the guy we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's the okay. guy. He was, he wore I'm with you now. He wore the Trump hat and all that. Okay. Yeah. So look, he Kobe was was smart. It's about promoting yourself, right? Kobe, he he seized the moment, did what he had to to promote. Jorge is the realest motherfucker. Him, him and Nate, the realest fucking people in fight. All right, I'm glad you brought up Nate. Baddest, I'm glad you brought up Nate. Baddest West Coast. East Nate Coast Diaz said he wants to fight. He wants to fight. Um, Dustin Poirier or Oliveira or Oliveira at 170. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a Nate guy. Nate's my dude. He don't deserve the Oliveira fight. He don't deserve the Poirier no. fight. No. He don't deserve either no. one of them But fights. you know what? He'll get one of them. You know why? Because he puts draw. asses in the seats. You know, you, know, you know who I think he's going to get? I think they're going to bypass that. I think you're going to get the Connor DS3. Nah. No. Nah. At 170. You don't I think so? Connor's fighting Poirier again. Hey, I, you think so? Yep. He, he's, so then he's, he's going to get all. He's so then, all with that being said, he's, he's going to get all of it. Yeah, he's going to get the all of it as a main event. But I think they're that's not going to. They won't. But he won't. He won't. He wants to fight at one seventy. Because my thing is, if you let Dustin move up to one seventy and he loses to Nate Diaz, then you lose the play on the Diaz. I mean, you lose the play on the Poirier McGregor fight after that. I'm. I'm gonna be honest. Nate Diaz has to fight some a lower level guy. I'm not saying nobody, somebody without a name. He has to fight somebody in the top ten, but yeah, at, uh, at near closer to ten. But Diaz is a draw like McGregor. No, he's not on that level, bro. He's not. He's not he, on the he's, level. He's gonna. He's if you put Diaz Oliveira together, I'm telling it's, it's gonna be a draw. It's it's the it's not him. The name yeah, Diaz. It's bro, the that, name against. It's, him. it's gonna be a draw, but Oliveira they can't. Nate Diaz has to have another personality with him to draw you to that fight. Oliveira can't talk shit to Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz needs a Connor. He needs Poria to talk shit with him, too. He needs a, a guy that will go in there and talk shit with him. I don't him. think Poria talks shit anymore. If, Poria if is Nate not going to talk shit. Nate Diaz will bait him into talking shit. And, he will talk shit. And I think the thing with Diaz is he can barely talk any fucking way. You can't understand it where Bro, he says anyway. His brother can't fucking talk either. At all. So, but what I'm, I'm selling, he, Nate Diaz can sell a fight, but the other one's got to be able to sell it with him. Yeah. Now, if you can't, if motherfucker can't speak English. It's that weed he's smoking, man. My brother does own a weed. Hey, a weed by company. the way, marijuana is now legal in the UFC. Yes. You will not 
fell it during a competition. They didn't test. give a fuck. No way. He was smoking it anyway. Dude, he was smoking at the press yeah, conference. Yeah, remember that shit at the press conference? He's little blown up at the press conference. He owns though. He's on. He owns his own grow grow house. He's part owner of his brother. He's part owner of his brother. So you like Usman and a snooze fest in the fifth round. Usman you, in the fourth. You like Usman. That shit should be on a Produ- free TV. Print, Prince Production likes Usman in the fourth. I'm Myself and Omar, we like Burns early. I hope you're right. Sleeping is. I hope I'm right too. Me too. So we went over. We went over NFL, NASCAR. We went over to fights this past week. We've touched a little bit on race relations and all of that. And it's good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, I mean, really, we were. Really proud of where we uh, this whole podcast went. I mean, it was really we touched a lot of bases and all that. But I do have something I need to let you know. Omar I had some listeners reach out to me. Uh, my listener, one of the listeners named Jamie, reached out and told me he wanted me to let you know that the Dallas Cowboys logo, the star on their helmet, was Here not a logo, but it was a star rating. Hey, wow! So basically, yes, Jamie, Jamie, right? Yep. Jamie. I'm sorry. I, I get you're probably like two years old, three years old, four years old. That joke is so old. <laughs> but you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because that's why you, that's why you make us America's team. Because even when we lose, you still talk about us. And you know what? Well, that's what makes America's team. Because Jared Jones, greatest businessman in the United States. Ain't worth the shit as a general manager. I didn't say general man. I said businessman. That's the difference. Oh. You buy the brand. I don't buy. I don't team. buy, I don't buy shit with Dallas Cowboys. He did also send me a meme that said the NFL has put a new thing forward to prevent anyone from having home field advantage in the Super Bowl. They're going to start holding all Super Bowls in Dallas Cowboys Stadium <laughs> to keep anyone from having home field advantage. So, hey, <laughs> so again, I just gonna let you know. Again, look, I just know. Uh, hey, Jamie, let me know where you're at. I'll send you that nice little Dallas Cowboy hat. Duval. He's in Duval. He's up in Duval. I got you. Yeah, he's up in Duval. Because if you're a Jaguars fan, I'm sorry. But y'all in the same boat. Same talking shit about the Jaguars. The Jaguars. Yeah, but the Jag, but the Jaguar, but the the one thing about the Jaguars is they don't run around pounding their chest that they're America's team. (laughs) I think I think that's where I mean. Look, look, I can say what I want. Bucks are Super Bowl Fifty Five champs. I knew that was coming (laughs) somewhere. Champa Bay, baby. It's in the past. (laughs) Why you keep talking about the past? <laughs> hey, but I'm real. real. Hey, on, a, on a real note, I do. Uh, we did learn this week uh, the great Marty Schottenheimer did pass away this week. I, I covered that when and, you were running uh, there. Yeah, so I, I know I, you probably think you covered that, but me personally, I do want to say rest in peace and rest know, in peace his family. and uh, you know prayers to the family out there because that's a hell of a coach right there. I got to hear a lot of people talk about her members. I heard him this week on, on the radio talking about, you know, teaching, teaching coaches. Right. As a coach, one of the things we talk about is not just teaching our players, but teaching each other. Mm-hmm. And, and Marty was a big, big proponent about teaching his coaches how to coach, how to talk to those kids, how to talk to those men. So uh, to, to the shot and family, my prayers are with you. You got you. Much respect. We'll be, we'll be we'll be readily missed. Yep. You got anything, bro? Jason, you got anything? No, you guys. All right, two so, hours and eighteen minutes. You did right, it. So I want to I want to tell you this. Hey, follow us on all our social media. Follow us on the beard at Beard Boys on Twitter, uh, at at Beard underscore Boys Official on Instagram, and at Beard Boys Official on Facebook. Hey. 
All the love, guys. Love you. Until next week. See you, motherfuckers. Bucks and Later.